You are listening to Thursday Nights, Season 4, Episode 3. Episode 3. This episode is a little bit different than our others because this episode was recorded outside of the normal Thursday night's home, my house, uh, and I was not present to GM. So uh, Kaelin and I weren't available to play this night, uh, nor Dan. Uh, So in our new mantra of always playing an episode, even if we can't live stream, even if we can't get everyone together, um, we are going to, we plan in season four to have these nights where somebody else GMs a session, probably a backstory of one of the characters or a side story, something that's happening. So this is our first of those. Um, And so Eric is GMing this session. Uh, You'll hear him give a little intro in just a moment. And and Luke uh, uh, graciously recorded the episode so that we could put it out as a podcast uh, with just a phone sitting on the table. So it's a little less uh, sophisticated than our normal recording equipment. It picks up a little more table noise, a little more eating noise. So I apologize for that. But you can still hear it all clearly and you get the story. So that's uh, why we're putting it out there. Uh, Enjoy. A great ancestor who has yet to be named. It's called. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we, names and titles. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, the, our, our, grand, our grandpappy, who is of Clan Amberhelm, has uh, called uh, a family reunion here uh, beneath Mithril Hall, where, where we have commissioned a great uh, dwarven feasting hall uh, below, below the, the citadel, and this is a space of commerce and, uh, and, and, and business and uh, government during, uh, during w- what you could call regular business days. But it can be commissioned for families uh, of, of wealth and influence for, uh, for celebration, uh, for, for, for meetings, for, uh, for treaties or, or, uh, or truces. The, uh, the, the dwelling spaces of dwarves are, are very multi-purpose as they are extremely d- industrious race. And here we find ourselves, uh, shall we say, 500 strong, the, uh, the, the family meeting, uh, a, a large reunion of, uh, of this clan, which uh, because of the reputation and political intrigue of, of Grandpappy Amberhelm, uh, he's been able to marry off seven of his eight daughters, or all at this point, maybe, oh, so he's, no, never mind, never mind, yeah, seven of his eight daughters, except for his youngest. Uh, who was uh, a latecomer. Who was a latecomer <clears throat> to uh, the seven great clans uh, positioned in seven of the great dwarven cities of the, of the north. And uh, they have come. They have re- returned with uh, their families and uh, and uh, and kinsmen to uh, to to make merry and celebrate Grandpappy Amberhelm and the strength of his seed. Uh, <laughs> here we have uh, here we have the, the clan and 
l- let us talk about Grandpappy Elmer Helm himself, who is uh, seated in the uh, in the seat of honor at the largest feasting table, with the with the most revelry surrounding him. Mm-hmm. He sits. Uh, he sits in his three hundred plus year. Mm-hmm. How, old, how old are we saying? Three, three. Three on the dot, three three plus. How old exactly is this guy? Well, he would have had eight daughters, and he had to marry them all off. <laughs> let, me take one, let me take one step back. So this is 50 years prior to the beginning of our campaign. Yeah. Dressed in green, who is 65 in, uh, in, such, in episode one, is now a, a mere 15 years old. Yeah. I really hope I meet a nice uh, dwarf chick here. Strong prospects for him. Yeah. Strong prospects. Stay away from pubis. I'm not actually playing Baron. I'm playing looking around Delg. Furtively. Who yeah. is Baron's oldest son. Yeah. So uh, Delg is Baron's oldest son. We played by Samwise tonight. And uh, pubis is playing as pubis, who is the shop boy at a mock's uh, bustling uh, jewelry... I will say uh, his, his, his jewelry... Uh, shop? No, I wouldn't say shop. He basically oh. he is his his uh, his wholesaler. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me think here. What exactly? How, how do I want to kind of characterize it? It's a he's a, a kind of a, a jewel crafter. Okay. So I would say like a, a blacksmith is not necessarily an armory, uh-huh. but a place where you can go to have that work done. Mm-hmm. So he is a he is a, a jewelers. He is at a he is. A, thank you. That is exactly what it is. So he is a shop boy at Mox Jeweler, which is a fairly early and is fairly early enterprising stages. Um, but uh, they, they're all here celebrating, you know, Mock bringing his shop boy for, uh, uh, you know, for both as a as a as a gesture of, of honor and appreciation because you know this position, though though somewhat bitchy and lowly, uh, lowly, um, quite lowly, is one that is not taken lightly, and 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 amongst the clan crafter community, one usually seeks people uh, to to fill this position who have potential to rise amongst the ranks and potentially become clan crafters of their own. So he's he's a he's a noteworthy lad uh, amongst the stone shaft. And uh, caught Mock's eye and was brought into the fold. So, uh, All so the dwarven girls will be like, I hear there's a stone shaft here. <laughs> I hear there's a stone shaft here. Young, beautiful pubis. So, 50 years ago, how old are we saying? <laughs> how old are we saying? How old are we saying? Grandpappy is this time because we want him, we do want him alive during the events of uh, our. That was a, that was a question we had answered. Is that he was still alive? alive? That's a great question. So first first order of business. I think it'd be interesting if one of the reasons we're out adventuring is because the passing of the, the the yeah the patrician of our clan is dead and it's shaken things up. I like it. I'm in favor of that. Perhaps he sent us on a dying quest to retrieve a great relic from his house. <laughs> and we must retrieve this great relic. A ring. Uh, a ring. Yeah. A great power. So let's say in this... in this uh, power. In this time, it's, he's over 300, which is yeah. very close to the end of lifespan. They live about 350 years. But he is he is virile. He is he is energetic. He's full of life. He's surrounded by many dwarf ladies. Many dwarf ladies much younger than himself. Um, and he sits there in the high seat of honor... I think like? he's got a bejeweled eye patch and a finely carved wooden leg. Absolutely, bulbous cob. He has he has he has beautiful beautiful hair. Yeah. Both on, both on his head hair. and and the beard. 
So there's there may be some graying of the beard, but you're yeah. saying still a, a shock of bright red hair. You can tell Blazes that he was a redhead. Beaded. He's not gone completely white yet. I'm thinking. I'm thinking um, the dude who was speaks uh, to his virility. Do you guys remember like the movie Troy, like the brother of Agamemnon? Oh yeah, uh-huh. like, exactly. Like yeah, the dude who was in like uh, Gangs of New York and stuff. This so. guy fucks. So that guy fucks, and yeah. that he's got that kind of look with like the strong redness, like a, yeah. like yeah. a thick, just like powerful beard. Um, and yeah, again, bespeaks the redness uh, of of his younger years. So yeah, he's he's just empty ale flagons all around, toasting family. You know, attended upon by 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 women of all ages. Some would be ashamed, but you take one look at him, and you you know that he is in fact deserving of this yeah. attention. It's got a good humor, but it's very sharp edged, and yeah. you know that if you're on his wrong side, yeah, you are out. You'll be dealt. He he is he is truly a, a rock of the clan. Mm-hmm. To be able to, to even summon this kind of gathering, this size of gathering. Um, you know, dwarves know in, in, just instinctually that it commands that that level of, res- of respect to have this level of organization. The distances that are traveled, we're talking about hundreds of miles here, and then, uh, as I said before, to be able to, in a, in a place as wealthy as Mithril Hall, to be able to um, to access a, a space like this um, is something that you know also speaks to like the wealth and influence of of, of this this clan and and, and particularly the, the patriarch. Uh, do we have a name? A first name. First name. Uh, Are we going uh, alliterative? Is it going to be an A name? Classic, classic dwarven male names: Adric, Alberic, Bern, Baronid, Broter, Bruinor, Dane, Durac, Delg, Eberk, Enkil, Fargrim, Flint. I feel like it's going to be an A name. What was the first one? What was the first name? Adric. A D R I K. Adric Amberhelm. Adric Amberhelm, that's pretty fucking awesome. And uh, do we, is the origin of Adric Amberhelm something that is well known? Like where he was from? Like his, his because he was a dwarf that brought that saw the sun rising yeah. upon his clan. He was born without may, not, not maybe as, as an outcast, but someone of no renown. And he, he, he over his 300 years... Has I would really, say yes, there is absolutely stories about where he came from, but there are a lot of them, there and they don't all... And um, they contradict yeah. each other. And he acknowledges every single one of them. Many, many origins. Yes, all these are true. Many think, tales. think, think it. Basically, we're basically doing Brandis the Dwarf. Yep. <laughs> this is the Brandis of this world. I am half dragon and many cocked. Uh, that's that's beautiful, yeah. Sam. Thank you. I think it's one of the things that Drusen wants to uncover is the origin, mm. the true origin of their clan. You make a note. Or you want me to note that? Oh, uh, I'm going to note that. It's been something in my mind for a while. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, of yeah, Adric. Yeah, because he's always seen like the fact that he hides it means that there's perfect a secret there. Absolutely, it's wonderful. Um, okay, perfect. So that's the that, that's the setting. Now, now to talk about what's all happening. This is not. This isn't like some sort of kind of shindig that we set up 15 minutes ago. This is a, a, a feast and an occasion that has already been going on for days mm-hmm. and is in full swing and is not going to be. Uh, you know, ending anytime soon. I mean, we have we have other uh, emissaries uh, of of other clans in the area. We have we have local uh, officials and and uh, and you know powerful powerful uh, representatives of Mithril Hall who are going to be meeting with Adric. I mean, this again, this is a this is a a week long two by you know, you know fortnight long saga of just festivities 
and relationships and business. Uh, it's all just rolled into one. It really kind of a true representation of dwarven. There's a, a series of cooked whole animals uh, dressed up in different ways, starting yep. with smaller and each one getting bigger and bigger. The xylophone of roasted beast. <laughs> They're definitely going to have the thing where like the cooks make things. Like I've built a castle out of like yeah. cakes. Yeah, it's got little moving figures in it. Uh huh. Mm. A mighty orcish warrior who's just a whole cow, <laughs> and all the dwarves cut off pieces of his haunch and eat him, and curse him as they eat him. Our our our, our barbaric cow dressed up as an orc. As an orc warrior. Hail the mighty orc snout. Mm-hmm. It is our our barbarian uh, family from uh, what was it from Iron Master Iron Master. I could like get into it. The chefs of Iron Master treated us to this orc dressed cattle, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I agree. There's there's just yeah this huge kind of uh, culinary presentations. Uh, there is there is definitely again a a, a competition, a place to display wares mm-hmm. and 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 kind of uh, artifacts that have been crafted by the family or been acquired through 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 battle or trade. There's entertainment brought by each clan. So there's like dwarven river dancers. Ah, yeah, music and dance. Music and absolutely, dance. kind of rings out in the, mm-hmm. in the entire thoroughfare. Um, and combat. What do we say of combat? How does how does that how does combat factor into this at all? Feats of strength, feats of Athleticism and bravery. I think there's a whole ritual to it. Like, because the, these are old clans, sometimes something gets brought up that's an old wound. Absolutely. And rather than just argue about it, there is a ritual to the combat. Dwarves they, are very Scottish-seeming. Like, the yeah. Highland Games or something like that seems like it'd be a perfect fit. So is it almost like we resettle who actually won that war every yeah. time we meet? Yeah. And so it's like, it's like, it's like yeah, you know, whatever. Like, the, the, the they... Uh, let's actually go here I'm, as a little bit of a help here. I think Dwarven memory is long, but we're many bodies. Yeah, yeah. So like, so Buckle Bear, yeah, they they definitely killed the foe hammer at that battle in Great Grove, and then all of a sudden, point. like the foe hammer like beats Buckle Bear, oh, Buckle Bar in like an arm wrestling competition, and then yeah. everyone just agrees that foe hammer uh, thrashed uh, them that day course, mercilessly with arms like that. How could they not? Absolutely, just throwing stones and giant like. Metal anvils with handles. Yeah. Who can throw it the farthest? Throwing anvils. I Clearly, I've decimated your flank with this throw buckle bear. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think that's something that actually is is really central to the dwarven culture, which is that there are fierce conflicts and and rivalries. But the fact that like, and and they do hold deep grudges. Like, no one mm-hmm. forgets that something happened. But they're able to find resolution and, and, and to kind of togetherness and the fact that it's always up for kind of redefinition, yeah. right? Like they can come together and there's there's a, a means of coming to agreement today. So it's not always going to turn into blood. Yeah, and I like the idea that there can be settling of old conflicts, there can be ritual combat, but blood is not spilled in this hall. Blood is not spilled. Only <coughs> spittle and semen. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Equal portions of both. <laughs> We're getting heavy on spittle in the stone chest. The uh, back to the ritual pits. Um, great. So the, again, the, the kind of Highland Games and uh, feats of strength. Some uh, some maybe kind of like dulled weapon gladiating. Mm-hmm. Um, and amongst this commotion, uh, we have a, a, a mix of, of younger dwarves, dwarves who are just on the verge of adolescence, permitted. Permitted at some of the more raucous feasting tables, able to wander with 
more freedom and, and less kind of burdensome duties than, uh, again, full, full, full-blooded members of the clan, uh, dwarves of, of, uh, of reputation and age. And amongst these, <clears throat> amongst these young and, uh, pale and, and bare-cheeked, bare-cheeked uh, young dwarves, we find three especially mischievous and wide-eyed, eager <clears throat> young uh, dwarf lads mm-hmm. themselves. We present... Drustin Delvenar <laughs> got my first beard hairs. Like she just sideburn like hairs. Oh, he hasn't trimmed in a while. It's like, look, look, that's coming in, it's coming in. What with the dark brown thing going yeah, on? Yeah, like, look what, uh, what good Uncle Thormir taught me. And he does some things, and this illusion is cast within someone's stein that makes it look like it's full of beer. And they pick it up and go like this, and nothing comes out. And they're like looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> think of that. I think that's like some dwarven lady through illusion. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, um, and we have uh, Delg Baldurk, who is uh, Baron's oldest son, and has actually followed him in the uh, into the priesthood of Moradin, um, being the eldest son, sort of sort of a past father to son. Baron's father was also cleric of Moradin. He was a cleric of Moradin. His son's going to be a cleric of Moradin. Um, and so he sort of followed him into that. And so he's like, yeah, you know, he's learning all this stuff. He's still young, but he's got kind of that sort of religious student air about him. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he's, he's a good, good, good kid. Yeah. And finally, mighty uh, Pubis uh, Chewcammer. Pubis hails from the coast. And while he is definitely one of the family, he is also a bit of an outcast. He seems at times scuttling. And uh, um, weak and uh, cast upon, and Mock has really tried to take him under his wing and put some put some manliness, some masculinity into this young dwarf, where he always seems anything but that. He comes off as craven and lecherous, <laughs> <laughs> and Pubis does not see these lack of quality within himself. He is well loved by all the ladies. And uh, looked questioningly by some of the male dwarves. He's a bit of a fop, but uh, handy with jewels, and um, works strongly in the jewel crafting shop where he is. And that is Pubis Chew Camera. And that is canon. <laughs> that is that is canon. <laughs> uh, he is no noble hero in your party. <laughs> and do you? <laughs> Do you associate with any larger group, or or is it the three of you together uh, seeking your seeking your fortunes and comforting one another as you choose the fine line between wallflower and dancing on the side of the sidelines? We have definitely been put at the end of the table for a reason. <laughs> and the uh, pubis is re- very affronted by this. He uh, re- re- reminds several people that he is now a shopkeeper boy. Yeah, that he is his a prospects. Shop boy. I'm a, I have a career. I'm a, I'm a. His prospects are looking up. That he just says to the other dwarves. He says to uh, what's your name again? Delg. Delg. But Delg is a sober follower of Muradin, and uh, generally looks down upon pubis. I mean, yeah, Delg's not even supposed to be here. He's supposed to sit somewhere else, but he's still kind of young. He got in some shenanigans, and this was a punishment. <laughs> Pubis always puts his arm around Delg, and Delg always stiffens every time uncomfortably. Drustus is like, 
a virgin for life at this point. <laughs> no, but so he's just like, who this? I'm so excited you're here with my new beard. You can help me get uh, get along with the ladies, right? Your beard is beautiful. Oh, you thanks. should never be ashamed of it. <laughs> um, comrades of circumstance, <laughs> here, here with the entire world at their fingertips in more ways than ever has been true for any of these young dwarves. Uh, what catches your fancy uh, between the... The, the feasting, the dancing and entertainment, the, 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 the mighty wares, or the, the feats of strength and games. Where do you wander? Either uh, the ale of the games, I'm thinking. That's me. So you, uh, you again, b- being, having the honor of, of being uh, seated at the, t- at the feasting table... You are you are freely you are thrown in the deep end, as it were, when when it comes to partaking in in, in ales and food of your choosing. So, uh, and what in what state of sobriety are you currently? Drusen is far drunker than he thinks he is right now, and he's trying to impress everyone with the exotic things he's willing to eat. Absolutely, mm. you never eat in an eye. Oh, I eat them all the time. Watch this. Oh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Dalg is definitely drunker than he admits he is because he's trying to. I think he's maybe the older of the three, slightly, maybe. I don't know. He's trying to show more like, yeah, yeah, you know, he's, you know, you're really going to drink about this. When you get to my age, you can really hold him a lot better, and he's not holding him that much better. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, he's got like the, the older kid, like bad facial hair, like little whiskers here. <laughs> the the well groomed peach fuzz mustache. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Trying to make a, a molehill into a mountain of that, like, six months he's got on the rest of the uh-huh. game. Yeah. Pubis is very drunk and has found a higher-tiered daughter of another family, much higher than him, and has been chattering her up, drunk as hell, and he's reached his hand into her bosom to grab her necklace, and he has taken his uh, jeweler's glass... <laughs> And he's telling her all sorts of very false things about the jewelry and the stones that she's wearing. All while the back of his hand is just lecherously touching her bosoms. She's becoming uncomfortable, and her father is becoming infuriated. Uh, as this uh, as this unstable situation continues to unfold over the over the next half an hour, you find yourselves unceremoniously excused from the table <laughs> by the father of the of the dwarflet who uh, who uh, who good pubis has chosen to impose himself upon. And now the three of you, drunken past where you want to be, fed on an unstable belly of squalid goods, <laughs> and, including many eyes, and cast to, to, to seek your fortune amongst the many options that are, that are happening here on this feast day, uh, which we need to name before the end of the, uh, end of the yes. encounter here. Um, where are you drawn? Again, now, now, now feasting is over, um, you, you are sent forth. Uh, Drusen says to them, I hear that those dwarves from Ironhelm have, have some very strange things. I want to check those out. Pop and Mammy don't let me uh, see things from foreigners that often. Pubis pipes up, Come, come, my friend. Let us accompany our brother to see what these mighty dwarfs from Iron Helm have. Let's see if they've ever handled a stone shaft before. <laughs> and he, like, pounces off right after following him off to these, uh, these dwarfs. Yeah, we can go into there's nothing better to do and uh, accompanies them. So in kind of the market wares area, there's all the classic things that the dwarves have brought. The latest hammers, the latest throwing anvils, the latest woven goods. But he's going to, like, 
the weirdest of the weird section, like the stuff that's unusual for dwarves to bring. Wow, like and like dwarven anathema. What, what would those What would those goods be? What are things that are so obviously, you know, there's a, there's a healthy tradition already of, of mock to poking fun at Dresden for being yeah. for being a bookworm, being bookish, yeah. being, being not as dwarvish. But really, like wizardry and arcing arts are by no means outside the scope of what yeah. dwarves are. So if we're talking about what's really anathema, we're talking about we're doing stuff from like the Underdark. So if you read, like dwarves racially are lawful good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like gold dragons and dwarves are given as examples. So. Really, anything that kind of smacks of like the nether arts, or even things that are maybe even like Durgar. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So, Super Neblin, right? Anyone? So there is yeah. a uh, there, and, and let's let's say that there even is one one of the again. It's not a member of the family, but like yeah. a kinsman of the family has brought a Super Neblin assistant, someone who helped them navigate the trails. To get to this, uh, to get to the location, like a route through the underdark. Yeah, through they're the underground, underground gnomes. But had, gnomes, uh, they yeah. had they, he hung around as well. You know, no one, it's one of those things like people are like, all right, we're gonna let it pass. But like, why is he even really here? Why haven't we like shut him out? But he's here. He's had some crafting things. So yeah. So you know, you you head over to him. Why why is this guy here? And what a uh, what what do they have? What do they have for sale here? Oh, let's see. Uh, I mean, maybe some weird underdark paraphernalia, like the stuff that dissolves when it hits sunlight. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, a few knickknacks and basically like it's supposed to be like a, a curio shop, like mm-hmm. weird things with like, uh, like relics of like Loth or something like yeah, that, yeah. like objects of other weird gods and religions and like something that someone else might find a weird oddity. As you approach, you you uh, you see it as cousin Falderk. The husband of one of uh, of one of your aunts, uh, Baron and uh, son of son of Baron. No, it's it is your aunt. Aunt, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Falderk is is known as one of the uh, one of the the more widely roaming and, and uh, kind of dungeon delvery uh, uh, kind of members of the family. And it is kind of through through his connections that he's been able to bring these 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 kind of curios and. And this uh, this Fernebulin associate of his has, has brought some of these kind of like mm, perhaps more kind of like edgy, unseemly goods. But Falderk has a wide variety of of uh, of again uh, runes of power, uh, gl- glittering amulets, kind of like well crafted goods from uh, from from El- things from tra- far travel, things from elvish, yeah, or yeah, half elves, you know, or has rumored like- to us who have gone even once or twice to Waterdeep. Uh, yeah. Himself, kind of spending time in, in what is what is extremely metropolitan area where many races are, and you know this is a world that is not again our, our dwarven kin are from strong dwarven cities. That is kind of like there's an element to our, our 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 family and what we something we take pride in dwarves dwarves, and um, and so yeah for him to have this experience puts him on kind of like he's a little bit far <laughs> far left if you know what I mean in terms gotcha. of, in terms of dwarves. So but here here is Falderk with this kind of the spread as uh, as young Dresden kind of. Guides you drunkenly over to his uh, his booth. Uh, so this is the son of the answer cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, cousin Falderk, uh, do you remember me? I mean, I'm I'm basically unrecognizable with Nubier here. Oh, no, I was saying he was the oh. husband of the of the aunt. The husband, oh, Uncle Falderk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's me, Drustin. Uh, Drustin Delvenar. Uh, I, I I'm so excited that you're here. I, 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 I dream of seeing the things you've seen, the mama and pa uh, trying to keep me uh, indoors as much as possible. They say I've got sensitive skin. 
I, I want to see the world like you have. Ah, young Drustin. Ah, I see a whisker or two uh, enough to get you into the uh, the feast day this time. Twere, uh, twere, twere two or three years ago when I didn't see you, but you were, uh, you were, you were kept with the dibbins upstairs. Uh, we but, made uh, me babysit. <laughs> welcome, welcome to uh, to feast day. How uh, I see, I, I see you've been having your cups about you. Oh, I can hold my own. <laughs> yes, uh, clearly, clearly a, a formidable dwarf. Uh, true Amberhelm uh, stock, and uh, you say, say you have the uh, the interest of li- living a wide, uh, wide and wandering life like uh, like Falderk here. Yeah, uh, uh, I know my mom and pa wouldn't approve, but you know I'm a I'm a, a dwarf of my own. I'm, I'm practically uh, an adult these days. Only uh, uh, fifty five years to go. <laughs> <laughs> the time will pass uh, very quickly, young Rustin. Okay. If you if you keep your head down and uh, uh, work hard, and don't be don't be afraid of taking a risk. Be bold. Uh, I've got uh, some other customers and business to take uh, care of, so I will I will bid you farewell, young lads, and uh, uh, leave you with my accomplice uh, uh, Sferny, who Sferny. will uh, who will be able to ha- to answer any of your questions about the the uh, the the goods here. Uh, and, and take good care of you. And he leaves you in the, in the hands of this, uh, of this very exotic-looking uh, Sverneblin associate of his. Sverney is not actually his name. It's basically like Humey. Yeah. Or yeah. like Dwarfy. It's exactly what Bloody. it is. I'm glad you picked up on that. <laughs> no. Do you think you're allowed to talk to this guy? My parents don't like me to talk to strangers uh, of another race. Oi there. We like to talk to you right now. Yes, he says, in, in kind of a kind of a quiet, whispering voice. He says, "Young yeah, yeah, dwarf yeah. lads, please step into my bed." You got a real smooth voice, my friend. He says, uh, "He says the uh, the the bold bravado of the dwarven race. There is no place for that in the underdark. You may delve, but not as deep as where my folk come from. In the underdark, there, there is danger in uh, in raising your voices above a whisper." That sounds like a scary place. <laughs> Meanwhile, you look, you hear this, la la la, <laughs> and you see Cubis has taken this very ornate set of uh, clearly women's jewelry that he has placed on himself, and he is like dancing queening around in a circle by the table, and you both look over and like, God damn it, Cubis. And Spurney is like shocked, like, young lad, please no, uh, those jewels, those jewels are are very valuable and have have, have great history, please. You kind of. So I'm just chasing over and kind of gently, gently kind of helps undress you and, and restore them to his warm spot. He says, I, I would be happy to show you of uh, any of these wares and, and, uh, and, and tell you of their grand histories, if you would, if you would but ask. Cubis, like, is so drunk at this point. He's got his glasses, like, fine jewels, yes, fine jewels. I am a shop boy, you know. <laughs> it's like a potato. He, he lost his glass, like, all the way over here. Spittle dripping from his mouth as he looks at the gnome. I inspected them all individually. I had but an expert's curiosity. Sure. Uh, Drusen looks around, and what just looks like it has just, like, arcane power. He's gonna just... Uh, you wouldn't normally... And what, and what is it? What catches your eye? Uh, it is... Give me a, just a perception check. Let's see... Yeah. Let's see what you get. no dice. Let's... Uh, so, I got, I got some d20s here. Excellent. And let's actually... Mine are in my car. I can go get them if we need them. Yeah, go, go get them. Go get them. Let's, let's get the table ready. I mean, in, in case it goes that way. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. this is me, a heavy story base. Oh, God. Is this how he gets kicked out? <laughs> 
There, Sam, you want to move that over to, to Luke C real quick? First roll of Young Gersten's life here. Okay with this. I'm good. Huh, not bad. Wow. Not bad at all. Uh, we got a uh, 17 or a 19? 17. So, Dresden. I know exactly what he sees here. Um, the reason why this wasn't... The reason why this, this happened at all is because it strangely wasn't a history check. wasn't an arcana check. These are things that Dresden only pretends to know about. <laughs> Like me, jewelry. Like you, like like pubis and anything about rocks. <laughs> um, this is a perception check, and uh, out of the corner of his eyes, as he as he re- kind of reviewed these, he sees he sees kind of beneath the uh, it, it's 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 a brooch that he sees. Okay. Nicely set uh, uh, turquoise and carved carved well. Um, some interesting kind of like wire braids of uh, of a tribe not local, but it's beneath kind of looking. At, you're like it's like you're looking through a colander, like a metal yeah. sieve, right? And there's a couple layers, so it's mesh. But for some reason, like the the torchlight, and when he looked at it in the angle, he just catches like a little spark, a little flash of something kind of through this uh, this kind of like braid of other wire. Um, and you just see, it just like again, through his his drunken haze, he kind of like. He he maybe even maybe even sits there kind of agape at it for for some reason, but but uh, knows knows all of a sudden that there is something special here with this uh, this particular amulet. Yeah. There's power to there. Oh, uh, and uh, so while uh, the the Swerfy, Swerfy. Sverny. 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 Sverny is getting distracted by Cubus. Uh, oh, there's a lot of names here. Uh, he goes and he's like, uh, he's just telling himself like, oh, I'm just, uh, you know, looking through the wares, looking through the wares. Oh, what, what, what's this here? Oh, oh, whoops. Uh, and he like picks it up to feel its power. Um, you pick it up to feel its power. It yeah. has, <clears throat> has good weight in your hand. I mean, you're, you're, you're a little tipsy, but it feels, it feels, uh, it feels strangely light to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that you you're able to kind of like, yeah. Again, it doesn't. Even if a human were to grab this, you make yeah. your eyeball and you think one thing. It's just it just weighs not much. Hmm. That's uh, to like, his mind. Like weirdly like much like, it's like a thick metal chains and like you pick it up and it feels like it's yeah. I mean like almost it, nothing. Exactly. This is not like whatever. This isn't this isn't like a woven basket. It's kind of has this woven grill with the with the set turquoise. And then, but it has a solid core, and it just like still seems kind of airy and light. Mm-hmm. And you've done this. You, you, you've done this kind of. You're trying to do this so Smirny doesn't see you. Yeah. All right. So let's let, let's have one more check on that. Do you sli- slide a hand? Oh, uh, I think. Oh yeah, there is a slide of hand. I forgot about that. Pickpocketing and whatnot. Eight. Plus. Uh, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Eight. So. Eight. Smirny says. Uh, he says, "I a, a fine piece." You, uh, you had a sword made of that, uh, oh, sorry, wrong mic. You had a sword made of that, young dwarf, uh, or, or a hammer, and you would have the making, you would already have half the makings of a mighty warrior, for you see there is mithril in the corner. Mithril? Is it, is that why it's so light? He says, uh, he says, yes. Um, there, you know, we suspect that maybe mithril from this, from the mines below this very hall, uh, sit at, at the, at the heart of this brooch. But uh, as you can see, it was it was of no dwarven make. We traveled long and far to find the uh, um, to find the 
the let's see, we're gonna say it's a uh, to find the renegade dryad who who had uh, stole made off with this fine fine example of uh, of dwarven mithril. Dryad? What oh, what are those? And he says, uh, a, a dryad, a, a, a mischievous folk of the deep woods, uh, closely, closely bonded to, to Mother Earth and, and the forces of nature, oh, but dream. as dangerous as they are beautiful. I dream of meeting one of them. And uh, he says, yes. Uh, uh, Pupus, you ever meet a dryad? I've known many dryads and also rubies. And also stones. Oi, you've and never met a dryad. <laughs> What's a dryad? <laughs> he uh, says, "Oh, go ahead, go ahead." Uh, but he says, um, uh, oh, oh, "What can it do?" He says, uh, "Can't do." Uh, he said, it, "It is simply a beautiful trinket. There is uh, there is no more to it that uh, that I know about." He wants to look at it, and he's been learning some of. Uh, Minor, minor arcane arts, just kind of thaumaturgy and such from uh, Uncle Thormir. But he wants to look at it and see if he can just tell anything from his own kind of secret studies, reading the, the magazines, the magic magazines he keeps under his bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wizard Weekly. Right next to like the that. Dwarven Nudie magazine. Yeah, <laughs> and his parents were okay with that. They found out, <laughs> they're like, oh. that the beard just Group. keeps going down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that trifled. Damn, look at that beard! Uh, can he tell if this is an arcane object at all? If it has arcane magic? Um, he cannot tell that. Okay. He cannot tell. So, I mean, he sees that there's something special. Was it just yeah. the mithril? Was it something more? Um, there he sits. <laughs> there he sits with this with this fine item in his hand. Um, and he feels the rush of, of, of discovery and kind of like yeah. some of that wanderlust kindled in him as he holds this object. Yeah. Uh, he says... Uh, Spare me does, does uh, you know, and he's gonna do a little social faux pas here. It says, does your master Felder ever take on apprentices into uh, into the wonders that he uh, that he goes out to upon? Upon, and he he frowns a little bit of this uh, at the at the at the faux pas that you mentioned, saying, Felder, because Felder is no master of mine. We are traveling companions no more. And there, I, I, I will say, dare say that there are many audiences outside of Dwarven, Dwarven Hold where, where he is perceived as, uh, as the apprentice to my mastery. Yeah, are you here this guy? That's pretty cool. You're looking at buying it, Drosten. Uh, I mean, how, how much is it? And at that, Sverney, a wry smile crosses his face and he says... Well, the price, young dwarves, is something that is always negotiable. I think Bubis would probably be negotiated. <laughs> <laughs> and he chuckles and he says, Bubis whips his beard, he's like, stop. He says, <laughs> he says, um, oh, I've heard of the stone shafts and their exploits, but, but uh, young laddies, I believe the... Uh, the dwarven ladies are at the <clears throat> entertainment, uh, the, are in the entertainment quarter, spinning spinning reels to the uh, the dwarven minstrels, and uh, <laughs> that is not fair. That I have, that interests me. What what would you want for it? He says, um, "Well, young young uh, young lads, it is a it is an unfortunate business. It is an unfortunate business, but the uh, trials of the underdark, even for one." So versus myself. 
they are never to go underestimated. And somehow <clears throat> on the road to, to Mithril Hall, a few choice items were misplaced, lost. They seemed to depart, vanish to the thin air. And uh, while I would... He, and he kind of leans low and he says, and if you can keep a secret, I prefer that Feldrick know, know, never know that they were misplaced at all. Mm. Well, he gives his... Roll an insight here. check. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll roll an insight check. <laughs> I got a 15. <sighs> Gonna be lower than 15. Not for me. My insight check. You have to roll it, Luke. Roll the dice. Luke just chooses a number. You have to roll it. You rolled it at 17. Plus 3. Roll it, Luke. 10. That's worse. 13. You can definitely tell that there is is self-interest. You know, getting behind him. And Dresden has, has an inkling that He just gets an inkling that Sverney doesn't really care much for for your 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 well being. He feels no connection to you. Mm-hmm. How much you read into that is really up to you. I mean, you are you have decided without any prompting from me that you are wasted. Mm-hmm. And I think, in all fairness, that needs to be factored in. Uh, there's no reason why Sverney, as an outsider, who should should really have much of a connection for you. So whether or not you kind of interpret his kind of maybe possibly callous intentions mm. as something that is more malicious or just kind of like, you know, again, you've, it's not like you guys have, are, are, are kind of whatever, five-year-olds. You've mm. met before maybe on, uh, you know, the amount of times you can count on two hands, you've met other races before. You're rarely, but you have, and, and you've, you've just, you've sensed, you, you have a natural sense of otherness of mm-hmm. like, again, there's dwarves, which you feel a certain kinship to, there's family, which is that level, and then there's other races which kind of have that natural barrier. So um, you can just say that he has self-interest, and he's not particularly concerned with you. So Drusen says, it's not the, the Mithrobrochia that actually interests me, but it's more the journey you took to find it. If, well, we got these items back for you. I want to ask her something else. I want to, he says... He says, uh, you have spirit dwarf. Truly, there is always a price. Tell me. I want a map. A map of where you went to find this dryad. Uh, he says, that can be, that can be, uh, that can be drawn. He says, that, that can be drawn. The, uh, the price of a cartographer is no small one. But the items and the circumstances are such that I'm willing. To, I, I will acquiesce and, uh, and 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 deliver a map. Though, and he looks to you, to 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 the two of you. He says, "I'm not negotiating with a single dwarf, am I?" He says, "Will a map so, uh, satiate the uh, the uh, the good wishes of your friends? For I would not add a copper more to a price asked such as that." Cousins, if we get a map, we can go find it. Dryad, find more treasure, find some tree ladies for you. Pius likes this idea I didn't immediately. understand the connection between dryads and treasure. <laughs> <laughs> you must be Baron's kid. They <laughs> <laughs> got this the dryad. Dry, temple-loving Baron, who currently is on his knees, begging forgiveness for poor sweet Pius. <clears throat> they got this from a dryad. Uh, dryad creatures of the forest. There's going to be interesting things out there. 
things that we dwarf and uh, uh, young adults have never seen before. What's the risk? The risk is the road. Blowing your mind. Hmm. He says, um, this, is, uh, this is not a journey. Just last night at camp, I am, I, uh, and, he, and he becomes kind of like, Vermi's like, I guarantee we had every single item accounted for. My ledgers are immaculate and my, my counts are taken hourly. He says, something happened on the, on the last stretch coming to Mithril Hall. He says, it is, it, is, it is surely a part of the trail where most merchants will go because in the Underdark, one has to journey a hundred yards and all of a sudden it begins a twisting turn of, 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 of many paths. But these last approaches to cities, some of them are at times the, the, uh, the places where things tend to go missing, given that they are the most regularly traveled. So uh, I imagine you wouldn't have to tra travel far, young dwarves. But, uh, but, but beyond that, I couldn't say more. So you lost it somewhere and you don't know where, but it's nearby. He says, I, I, will, I, can, I can easily point you down the, sh the shaft that we approached. And he says, I'm simply buying your time. It's a contract. You find, you find the items, I will, uh, I will reward you. Otherwise, a, uh, a, a brisk stroll will do you some good and perhaps lower the alcohol in your heads. Well, let's be honest. We've been put at the end of a table for a reason. Do you really want to sit there looking out at all these other dwarves who have been let out of the halls, have gone on adventures, who have learned knowledge? This could be our first great adventure. I mean, here we sit in the hall of Bruner Battlehammer. He climbed this hall by killing a dragon. It seems right. <laughs> awesome. I what say, say we, you, Pubis? I say we do it. I have a heart of adventure, and I fear nothing. And he trips and falls on the table and throws up <laughs> under the uh, item table immediately. Well, that's two against one. Are you coming with us, cousin? I mean, uh, what would Moradin want you to do? You know, he's into family and all that. He wouldn't want you to abandon your cousins. You confused my words, cousin. Where? where I said I was in. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sverney at this point is kind of moving on to, to talk with other customers who have gone um, and, and you see uh, Falderk uh, yeah you see Falderk kind of uh, whatever rounding the band and heading back towards the uh, towards the group um, yeah what, what's, what's the end and, and Sverney kind of gives you a, a side glance kind of like a little like a so what's up point us the way Sverney we'll find your items for you yeah, and he basically uh, hands you just a, a, a map, or Ooh, not, map. Not, not a map, but basically a, a list of kind of instructions. It's kind of like East Gate, 300 yards, first right. And you see that like this is like a page torn off of a manifest. Um, Sverney's kind of attention to detail, his counting, how he keeps his ledgers that you referenced before is evident as you see this, where he, he is plotting every t twist and turn on the journey, a journey that you know has lasted months. So you imagine that this one sheet that he's giving you is probably mm -hmm. the, 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 the last leaf 
on what was a veritable book of directions. Hmm. Um, so he just passed you the last leaf, and it's again, it's a, it's a number of turns, and he says, he says, just retrace my steps, and you uh, you see where uh, you you can clearly kind of see uh, where where you'll have to go to to follow the the path of 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 Sverdi and Faldirk as they as they approached the halls of Brunor Battlehammer. Just called to make sure my parents don't find out about this. Well, it's going to be risky. We're going to be going down in the dark. Uh, go get your things. Weapons, shields, maybe some food. And uh, meet back here in an hour. And let's go to it. Okay. We do it. Tell me, tell, me what your pre- tell me of your preparations. Tell me of your preparations. And tell me if you are trying to do any special preparations. Like... <clears throat> I really don't want to get a flavor for what it means for you guys to get ready for this, but I also want to see if you guys are going to try to do anything to get a special advantage of any sort uh, mm-hmm. as you take undertake. And you don't have to do either, but um, yeah. But uh, want want to know what you guys are interested in doing here? We need to spend some time so, getting some doing some special prep, or if you guys are just going to grab your stuff. So I'm going to say Drusten Drusten is not yet trained as a wizard. He has not yet collected that. So, to represent his abilities, yes. I'm going to say he has been collecting scrolls whenever he can. Yeah. And he just has this this whole collection of arcane scrolls that his uncle Thormir taught him how to read. Uh, well, so while young, some young dwarves are, are skimming the tops of the uh, liquor bottles at their mm-hmm. parents' estates, he's delving into musty libraries and trying to find like the, the ragged piece of paper that seems least likely to get, to get uh, noticed if it's gone. However, he has them... Hidden within like scroll cases that say like how to form a hammer, how to make a sword, how to train your dragon. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, tales of Brunor Belax and stuff like that. So when he's essentially like, like his like his school box. Like yeah, his exactly. Box of, like, pe- his pencil so box opens up like his like school scroll, but inside there's a magic scroll. It's like oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reading about history. Uh, so he goes up to his room, and there's, uh, one of the, the old, like, servants of his clan there, and he's gonna tell him, like, uh, I've had a little too much to drink, uh, I'm gonna get my things and, uh, and find a place to, uh, to, to nap for a bit out there. To try and cover his bases. Of course, yeah, yeah. I'm going to a sleepover at Delg's place. This is a, a kind of a ward of the family, someone who knows you. You're, you're someone who commands enough respect, especially in an occasion such as this where you're being invited to feast day. Yeah. People have been told, you know, facilitate young Master Drosten here on his first feast day, and, and uh, that's no problem at all. Yeah, it's going to do the thing where you, you use your most reliable, stodgy friend as like, yeah, I'm going over to sleep at their house. Absolutely. He's like, uh, if you need me, I'll be with, uh, with the Delg. It's a well-played strategy. Son. Crosses races, crosses <laughs> genres. You know, works well, in sci-fi, guy. works in fantasy. Every time. Works in romance. It'll it does work. not say that he's going to be with Pubis. No, it doesn't. Oh, no, 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 no. Pubis is Pubis' Pubis's name. It's only been here for a few days. Pubis' name already rings out. Yeah, yeah all the parents. Oh, God, not Pubis. Pubis. He was playing with my boobs, trying to check my precious necklace. With a potato, of all yeah, things. Yeah, with a potato. And I was wearing a leather cord around my neck. Hmm, what fine jewelry is this? Uh, Stop it, pubis. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> I dropped my glass! Get that goddamn potato out of my bosom. 
Dell goes back home and where, where is home? <laughs> this is his home. Uh, no, this is not his home. He lives in Mithril Hall, which is like, where we are. Well, right, but like, t- like where where is home? Like, t- tell me what your you you are in a unique position to describe your your style of life and how close you are to the to the, the again with dwarven society yeah. being sent the the commerce is the center of everything and it all just kind of branches out. Uh, it's it's very close. If not in the like the local temple of Moradin, like gotcha. his father's an acolyte slash cleric, and that's where he hangs and does all his work and all his stuff. And he's he's been a, he's a Baron is like he's a committed kind of like bookish, like he, he is a he is an altar boy type guy. Like he's like, like hey, the you're getting married, go call Baron. Somebody you know died, go call Baron. But, you need but, to go, you know, go christen your forge, go call Baron. So, hold on, but, like, help me understand, right? Because, like, in the Mormon church, for example, the guy who's always going out into the field is, like, a little bit more of a worldly guy, like, unafraid to go and venture forth. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, there are people who don't want to depart the walls of the temple. They're kind of like, my, I'm a safe space. Where, where is Baron in that, in that kind of, like, on that gradient? Is he a guy who's like, yeah, you know, I'll go out and be amongst the people, like, serve more than forth? Or, like, no, like, if I'm too far away from my urns, it's just like, you know, it's not my thing. Uh, I mean, he he's he administers to his his uh, congregation. His congregation. His, his congregation is you know mm. mithril holds. So he's Sheep. he 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 holds over you know the rituals and the holidays and all that kind of stuff. But he also but he doesn't leave the city too much. No, but he's mostly in the city. But he's he's, like, he's in the city. He's not like he's not just in the temple. No, he's a man of the city. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I mean those are more inquiries for me just to get a sense of Baron. No, no, but he doesn't. He doesn't leave the hold much. Um, yeah, no. So he goes home. And he he nicks his father's stuff, <laughs> like his really beautiful like ceremonial shield, which has like the symbol of Morden painted on it, like in like not like painted on like embossed. Like it's it's very nice. And his armor, which is way too big for Delg, and he puts it on anyway, and his war hammer, and like, and then he like gets like a backpack and like throws some some bread in it and like, and, and on his merry way. I'll need this bread. So, how, I'm not gonna say how does he get away, how does he get out of the house with this? Is it empty? No one's home, they're all at the feast. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, again, in the window, out the door, whatever it takes. They're they're all gone, and he gets yeah. I'm not even gonna ask for a roll. It's just it's just an ironclad strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're good. Uh, any, so th- those are the preparations. Anything anything else beyond that? Mm-hmm. Cubis has uh, gone about a fairly basic regiment to prepare himself. He is. Humble dwelling jerked one out is obviously jerks the three out. Um, just well, he's not a local. He's not from here. No, he's, he's not, not local. He lives in his master's cohabitation, but it is a small cellar-like corner which belongs to him. Identified easily by the shimmering drapes before you enter and the soft Persian-like throw pillows, adorning every low couch. So he brought this like couches and notes and stuff with him when he came to Mithra Hall for the feast. He brought only shiny and colorful rags with him. Um, But through time being the noble shopkeep boy, 
He was able to trade and barter to get some of these critical <laughs> items. The most precious of which is a rather dilapidated but hardy suit of armor, which was very difficult to acquire. Um, and it has been painted rather garishly. And Pubis looks at this garishly painted, sort of old-fashioned armor, and he's incredibly proud of it. And goes through about eight various cod pieces which he had made for this armor, and decides upon the most modest ones, since they know they have to act somewhat in discretion as they hunt the road for these various things. I would like to add, for your, for your commentary, Luke, that Pubis, for his, all of his ridiculous antics, you know, un, un, unseemly interactions with women, and uh, <laughs> poor business decisions, he, uh, he is extremely hardworking. And it's one of the things that has gotten him to where he is in life. It's, it's gained the attention of masters such as Mach. It's allowed him to gain means such as any sort of armor that's on. He just, he's just dedicated. He keeps after it. Like, party time is fucking party time. And work time is like, don't talk to me. I'm working. He's also enormously strong. He is a very, very powerful dwarf. Yeah. Which makes it strange how he drapes himself. And someone who can just succeed in the world of hard labor, it's not like being in Silicon Valley here, where, like, you know, like, the blue collar is seen as the lesser, and the man with, like, who can sit at the boardroom table is, like, on that pedestal. Someone who can do, can, can move weight consistently, like, that is an attribute that is valued. That, that will, that will, that will make you a good living in the dwarven world, and... And uh, young Pubis uh, shows promise in that, uh, in that respect. He does show promise. He does show promise. He also pilfers a rather small amount of semi-precious gems to take with him just in case things get nasty. These don't, strictly speaking, belong to him, but they belong to his employer, and he and his employer are one as he views it. Absolutely. Therefore, where he goes, the shop in a sense, goes in a rather mobile way. And how He's are you thinking local and mobile? How are you, how are you able to to acquire these gems? Which, like you said, you are cohabitating again. There's been a long travel. Uh, as a ward of Mock, Mock, of course, is able to put up the resources and uh, to to make sure you you have you have you're, you're well situated. Um, and you, of course, know where all of Mock's things are. He does not, you know, he's not keeping secrets uh, particularly from you. You don't have a lot to do with his dealings. It's not like you know his books or whatnot. But no. you know where to find his things because you were often bid fetch them. Often. So, uh... From the work table, there are a set of gems which are not the highest quality, but whenever an axe <coughs> or a shield or an ornamental spear is damaged... Rough cut. Rough cut taken out and a polished cut is put in. Yeah. These rough cut, sometimes jam damaged gems are kept in storage, where they are to be rebuffed and repurposed. This is the storage unit that he pilfers to load his leather satchels. His just-in-case satchels. Um, absolutely. So, Thurston does one more thing. Please. I forgot, you have to see this second level. He looks through his collection of talismans on various leather cords and such that he's picked up in various places, some of them actual artifacts from old civilization, some of them very much so fakes that he hasn't realized yet. And he, he's like, okay, which ones are going to be my lucky ones today? And he, he searches, like, asking them from their deep knowledge which will bring him and his companions luck. This is his portent ability. Okay. So I get to roll two d20s and write down the numbers. Excellent. 
I get a, ooh, a 15, that's nice, and a 10, middle of the road. So I'm just going to write those down. He chooses two of the talismans to take with him. Please. Can I get beers? Can um, I beer on the table? Uh, I still got... Uh, yeah. I, I ended up with uh, with, with two... Uh, <laughs> two drinks? Two, two mixes, so I'm good. Yeah, still a little in there. Okay. But yeah. I mean, a little, I think I left my pizza in there if you want to grab that slice. No problem. Thanks. Brother. Adric Ambrel. I'm pretty pumped about that name. That's a good I name. I like it. That's well done. That's I like well how, done. This, how we know a lot about him now. And we know enough about him to create more stories about him. Yeah. But there's also a lot of this mystery. Dude, and there's a there's a venue for more stories. Yeah, like, we just keep exactly. talking about origin tales or whatever. Um, and then we have all our aunts. And then, you know, their husbands and all these clans and stuff like that. Yeah, I like it. I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna do this till whatever makes sense, and I you know I mean, it's always so hard to like actually wrap a game, but if there's oh, yeah. time at the end, we can just flesh out some more stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this is freaking awesome. I love, I look, I, I think Myth of Hall and uh, I are great. I love Gontelgrim. Yeah. For Dresden. Yeah, I think it's perfect. I love it. Kind of figuring out things this session. Oh, man, Thank the you. idea of his parents. Kind of being very traditional dwarves, expecting a very traditional dwarven child, and uh, he's just like either I've had one of each. Not, part. and he's, he's quirky in now. conflict, and it's, it's kind of making like I've purposely not thought about what got him kicked out of the clan, because I kind of want that to just arrive organically. <clears throat> Bannon's backstory is I was sort of following sort of like like re- Jewish traditions uh-huh. a little bit like. They try and get the rabbi's kids to marry, like, the best merchants in town's kids mm-hmm. and vice versa. So, I figure, like, old Amberhelm, he got his uh, girl married to, like, the cleric of Morden. Yeah. And now, Baron's a cleric of Morden, and his wife was a merchant. And his kid, his oldest kid's gonna be a cleric of Morden. And his daughter's probably gonna go get married to a merchant. Yeah. I and, love uh, that Baron has kids. Is, is, that a, is that a burden or is that a path for a. Uh, sorry, what is your name again? I, don't, I can't remember. Because Del. Del, because I keep thinking Justin with D. So is that yeah. a burden or a path for Del? Uh. Hadn't thought about it. I can't Whether see. he likes it. The I way think you've been playing so far, it's like he hasn't even thought about like. No, I mean. Choices. I mean. That's what his he, dad does. He may be young enough. Dad's awesome. just the way. He, yeah. yeah. So it's like that's him. a path for him. Yeah. And it sounds like that's like yeah. This is a way. I mean, showing a way to live. That that works well for me. Cool. I mean, he's young, dude. Whenever you hit eighteen, you know things can change. Yeah. So in our current game, does he still have a wife and kids? He still has kids. Uh, he's still married. Um, at some point, it will come out that his wife died a year ago. Uh, and that was sort of a thing that he's not handling well. Wow. They were married for over a hundred years. Mormon life kind of gets sadder the more you think about it. Like the idea of not being an adult for 70 years of your life. Like when I was in high school. 50. They get, they oh, get 50. So they'll be 50. 50 years of your life. When I was in high school, it's like, I am 
ready to be an adult. Like, I want to get these years over with. <laughs> and, like, I'm waiting for that to kick in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, let's, let, let's, let's circle it up. All right. <clears throat> Full of confidence, Veal, having struck a bargain and on the way to adventure during one of the greatest feasts of your lives. First, you are... <clears throat> you are... You're all looking. You're all oriented towards the meeting spot, which, you, which, despite your drunken stupor, was is clear in your mind, feeling uh, like that your bond has been solidified and you have a you have a, a goodly troop put together. Unfortunately, it's not quite that easy. Uh-oh. It never is. There is a there is a, a a an obstacle for each of you to overcome to be able to meet the demands of your preparation. You have to meet a DC ten. Okay. On the roll that I'm asking, okay. or you have to forego one aspect of your character. So cool. Drusta needs to set one spell aside. Okay. It's, it's uh, D.D. You're only D20s on that. God, why can't I remember your goddamn names? Uh, Sam. Delg. 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 Do you remember my name? <coughs> of course you do. Delg you needs do, to leave uh, behind a piece of equipment. Okay. A piece of armor, right? So you can choose armor, you can choose shield, you can choose weapon. A weapon, a, a weapon or a piece of your armor. If you, okay. if you if you don't meet this challenge okay. and uh, pubis likewise, what's the cha- what's the skill? DC ten. So as Drustan is heading back across uh, the, uh, the the feasting hall, trying to you know offer smiles and congratulations yeah, yeah, yeah. and shake and you know you know play what's play it pushing? straight up the middle. He's the smart guy. Yeah. He hears the voice of his mother. <laughs> mother. Tell us who your mother is, and tell us why she's insisting herself being in her cups of you. That you come and tell that one story of that time. So it's either a story of... It's, our, it's either a family story, yeah. or it's a dwarven tale yeah. that no one tells it like Dresden does. Yeah, I think that's... So that's set, that, so set that for us. His mother is a fine-looking lady. She, she is in her second youth, as they say... She is, uh, I mean, she, you are surprised that Drustin comes from her. Uh, he obviously got his father's genes. Um, she's charismatic. Uh, in, in her time, she was like a debonair, like a, a debonair, like a, a, a you know, courtes, not a courtes. Your huh? <laughs> <laughs> mother was a, a high class hooker. <laughs> Uh, like, but she was a high class hooker, <laughs> like court agent. Like she just, she is someone in society. Um, and she is extremely proud of her boy. She has no idea about his predilections towards magic. She assumes that he is He's going still to in the be, closet. Yeah, still in the closet about that. She assumes he is going to uh, uh, actually be like. A dwarven musician bard, like hmm. go into singing all the old histories to the clans. Uh, you know, she's very like, long songs. He's got the voice of an angel, and, and you know, she says, uh, "Drustin, Drustin, come here. You got to sing the, you know, the uh, history of uh, uh, what's the guy who owns the hallway? The Bruno guy? Battlehammer. Bruno Battlehammer and the, the story of his oh, Battlehammer." Oh, oh, oh. He's got the voice of an angel, oh, that boy. It's like, to be honest, it's because I, I don't think he's been through puberty yet. He's a, he's a late bloomer. <laughs> now, Mom, I, 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 I can't now. I've, uh, I've had uh, one, one too many uh, dreams. Um, 
And so what he's going to do actually is... Uh, it's going to be a performance <laughs> check. Clearly. Okay. You're yeah. out of there. Uh, he's going to try to sing it really fast. The Cliff Notes version of it. He's gonna power through. Uh, yeah. There's someone like with a drum, like setting, like come time. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. And he's like, I, I'm not feeling so. Can we go a faster beat? Like, like and he starts saying it faster. The drummer's like yeah. trying to keep up. He's like, okay, we've been there. Uh, okay. Yes, yes. Plus zero to this, so fifty percent chance. A ten passes. A little bit better than that. Oh no! <laughs> the guy gives him like an angry look. It's like boom, 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 and so he does not have time to grab one of his Her, spell his mom, scrolls. Yeah, his mom is. His mom is. So in her cups that she's as pleased as she would have been if he had rolled a twenty. Yep. She is on cloud nine, oh, but, the, but the audience is a little put off, and they're yeah. kind of like they start whispering a little bit. And as they as Dressen feels that the mood is souring, spins on his heel and skitters off as quick as he can. Not seen. One of his scrolls tumble out of his pouch on the way out the the, the on the way to the reunion point. Fog cloud or grease. But young bear, young bear, young Delg. young Delg. young Delg. He's young Baron. He is Delg. Uh, Why did he change his name on there to Delg instead of Baron? Because this is the histories of Baron. This is the yeah. histories of Baron. Are you gonna share this on the drive or something? Yeah, man. Somewhere? I'll send out an email or whatever. I'll get it on Dwarf, Dwarf Talk. Um, and let, shout out anything else you want me to write here. This is just All for right. our help. So, young Delg, with a flawless strategy, suited up to the nines in a armor, in armor and and gear, far above his stature or his his status in life. Yeah. Here's the screeching voice of which, which, which of Moradin's acolyte that works at the temple of his father that is particularly old and grouchy and demanding that Delg follows all of his rituals and meets all of Moradin's every minute expectation when it comes to temple service. Who is this guy? And, uh, and, and what, what... What temple right does he demand of, of uh, Delg in this very instant? He, um, he, he takes no. He pays no attention to the armor that you're wearing. It doesn't matter. You could be wearing a ballerina's costume. Yeah. What matters to him is that you come and pay homage to to Morden, as demanded in 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 the lore. Who is this man, and what does he demand? We're saying the name is Tordic, which is another classic dwarven name. It is. Um, it's another Um, and he. Uh, let's see here. The day of the uh, family reunion, which occurs once every, maybe not every decade, that's maybe a little long, every five years, you think? Five years sounds great. Five years? Okay. One every eight years? One every Actually, seven. we're going to go one every seven, yeah. so they can rotate between the clans where they hold it at. Exactly. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and we're still going to come, like, I demand we come up with the name of the... Name of the uh, reunion? Yeah, something moot. moot. Yeah, something like that. Okay, and then once every seven years. Fucking amazing. Did you? And so, mother of uh, Rustin. Yeah, I'm gonna pick a name. Pick right a name, now. and then we got Tordek. Tordek. Uh, crotchety old templeman. Litrasa. Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll say he was. He is a. He's a crotchety acolyte. He's a co-worker of Baron's. He's an elder. No, he's, he's a priest. 
he's an he's an under promoted priest. He is he is an he, under priest. Yeah, exactly. He's like in other words, his his rank of priest does not match the amount of time he has spent in the service. Like mm-hmm. he's so frustrating and kind of like overly kind of like dedicated that they can't give him more responsibility because it would just be like vicious to work under this guy. So actually, in that case, he probably is like an old co-worker of Baron's because Baron was also not quick to advance through the through the ranks. Gotcha. He was an acolyte for a long time, and he was a level one cleric for a long time. It sounds like he and Torla got along swimmingly. And yeah. That's probably why Delg, son of Baron, is on his radar. Yeah. Um, so this is also coincidentally a dwarven holiday, right? Because, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to get together. And uh, there's some prayers that need to be said, and there's some, you know... Prayer said, and there's like a, a ceremonial anvil and a hammer and like a bell, and you ring the hammer and you say the words, and you ring the hammer and you say some more words, and it's a whole thing, and it needs to be done like every hour on the hour uh, by somebody on this dwarven holiday in the temple, and Delg, being an acolyte, you know this is his path. It's like you. Get over here, boy! It's your time. It was your time an hour ago, and you didn't show up. I don't know what you were doing, but you get over here right now. And there's no, there's no, no response but to go because to, to fight it would, but maybe even result in the stumbling of temple guards to obligate you. So you go to this ringing of, cere- of the bell ceremony. Fortunately for you, you know that there are two versions of the text that must be that must be orated before the bell is rung. It's a an old holiday. Version, There's lots of... Yeah. A long version and a short one. Yeah. And exactly how pious is Tordek feeling today? Your religion check will determine that. Fantastic. Uh, let's see. 15 looks pretty good. And yep. plus a 2. So 17? With flying colors. You, flying colors. You, you, convince, you convince Tordek that the... The cadence of the of the the shorter script has a certain zeal that just matches the festivities of today's holiday. And Tordek he, himself is a little deep in his cups as well, and it was like, good enough. Absolutely, he kind of starts. He he he, he brashly. He was about to object and was like, you know what? I don't want to sit around for the whole thing myself. Well, I, I see that he like he like dives into the long version. Well, it's clearly the long version. After like three or four bars, like. Gets a little woozy and like right turns into like short version, <laughs> and then just wraps up wraps up the abbreviated version. Uh, was, you know, gives you the sound, the signal to hit that bell, gong, and you're on your way, full suit of armor. Pubis. Pubis. So. So now let me set the stage. Oh, you tell me. So you're you're you're, again, just <laughs> a cacophony of rusty screeching as you. As you burst through the door of your dwelling, turn someone deftly on your heel, and bound down the cavern back towards the feasting hall where your mates await you. Bellas! Be that you! Fetch me a horn of ale! The unmistakable bellow of your master, Mark. Of Mark. Who, even were he. Or even even were he a mole would have been able to hear you coming down the hall in that armor. 
which you insist upon wearing in so many days. So many days, like during your your duties of errand delivering, or or if if you if you've been spent to to, to sent to spend the the day or, or or the week performing manual labor in the mines. Again, part of being a shop boy is just like supporting the community. So we'll just be like, dude, this is a mine week. Go fucking do that work. Crush the mine. No problem. And you're like, got it. Great. It'll just only make me stronger. You'll wear your, but but he, he sends you these. You'll wear your armor doing these things. You're so proud of this armor. You'll wear it in the most inopportune time, so it's made its signature, and that's played against you in this in this instance. Mm. So he he picked you out of the crowd and and bids for a, for a horn of ale. Well, I um, I tell my master, well, okay, I will fetch you this horn of ale. Uh, which of these mighty barrels uh, do you demand the ale from? And I point to the many barrels. Large, heavy barrels of ale behind the barkeep. Absolutely. Uh, Mock smiles widely. This is not the Mock that 50 years from now is known in uh, the town of Oakhurst. It's a bit saltier, Mock. That's a quite a salty Mock. This Mock is smiling from ear to ear. Mm. And it has more of a Father Christmas jovial air about him. With not a bald pate, but a, you know, uh, a, I wouldn't say bushy, but a, uh, you know, a, a, a substantial crop of hair that is, that is kind of well-groomed. Uh, the hardened toned muscles are, are surely there, but a, a nice padding of, uh, of, uh, <coughs> of, of, you know, again, of, of, of fat from good meat, regular good meals and, uh, and you know, fine, fine, a fine lifestyle supported by by, by a successful merchant like is, is evident in his frame. Um, this is this is a, a different sort of man. And he, as he considers the invitation of his savvy apprentice, he says, he says, uh, <laughs> he says, young pubis, here on your first feast day, I will put the question right back in your own soup. You pick a brew for me that's good enough, and I'll share a cup with ye. Now, young Pubis is no stranger to the ale. Hmm. He knows which of the ales is strongest and will put his master right back in his seat where he belongs so that the adventure may continue. But it will take a persuasion check to steer him in the correct course. You thought I could trick you into getting a strength check, didn't you? Uh, that ale barrel at the bottom roll a strength check. I was like, this will surely trickle him. <laughs> there, there, there will definitely be there will definitely be a, a time for for influence. But here, I make, with this one, I make the rules. <laughs> You're like, I am king of this land, yeah. Pubis. Persuasion check, eh? DC ten. You got a, you got a fifty fifty chance. Well, that's plus ten. So, yeah. I'm reading this character sheet right, which I'm not. You are. How's your skills? I know, this persuasion says plus zero, though. Sure does. That's a nine. That's a nine. Wait, except you don't know how to roll a check. You roll your d20. You roll your d20. I rolled a d10, he said. No, you don't roll a d10. The DC is 10. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Yeah, you You definitely want to roll a d20 and get higher You rolled in the 90th percentile. A d10 would mean you'd have to roll a 10, which is... That'd be impossible. I rolled a nine. Yeah. So yeah, you go at C twenty. Thirteen. It's fifty fifty shot. How 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 do you steer your master on the correct course? Well, I tell him 
I look at the barrels and I begin to thump them one by one. And these are old, crusty barrels. Bits of spiderweb as they've been rolled up from the bottom cellars, the finest barrels. And as I thump them, I thump the one which sounds most hollow on the inside, that has the least amount of liquid. And I know that this has evaporated most and must be the highest proof of alcohol. I take a deep draft, a deep pull on this oh, ale. Like, it comes uh, out like viscous. Like I pull the cork stopper, which is almost cemented it's into like, the barrel. Syrup. And it pours almost like soup into the uh, into our ale glasses. And I restopper it. I look on the side of the barrel and in crude dwarvish letters, crude dwarvish runes, is scraped like, um, like bung rot or something like that. <laughs> yes, this is bung rot, which is truly one of the most difficult and exotic dwarven drinks. Only the toughest dwarves can drink it and barely croak a smile as they try to quaff it down. It is vile to the taste. Extremely potent. Extremely potent. <laughs> it rots Mark the bung. exclaimed, and he says, it's only good after. Bung rot, young pubis, your boldness is the reason I chose you to be me shop boy. And I'll remind you of it till the day that you're dead. Or at least until I am. Ha <laughs> ha. And he says, but it's too strong a beverage for you. Oi, give me that wineskin of yours. And he grabs up your, your ale skin. Unstopper is one of the one of the uh, the barrels with a backhanded fist that just knocks the the uh, the tap clean off. So you have like ale just running free, and he thrusts your wineskin under, topping it up, corks it, gives it to you, grabs both of the bung rots, and just whoop whoop throws it back, and then just like on the second swallow, just like his eyes go wide and he just keels over and Phil falls <laughs> back in his seat and goes, "That's a good one." <laughs> and uh, you're no longer on his radar in any, in any, in any way, shape, or form. Let's have this wineskin, which will also act as a flammable accelerant in any situation. Whip and black. Basically napalm. Um, and I uh, salute my master and turn my heel towards my companions. The only uh, the only uh, checkpoint to clear, then, is the uh, the, the, the guards. At the uh, at the entrance to to, to Mithra Hall, you know, as a dwarven citadel, it is you know it is, there's there is no there is no hard line between the wilds of the Underdark and the uh, the the safe guarded haven of of Mithril Hall. It is kind of caverns and, and chambers that end up widening and and widening. They become a little bit like rougher cut. Uh, they become a little bit less kept. Um, Greater signs of algae, you know, rust, lower light, uh, fewer torches. Uh, just it, it all just becomes becomes more and more wild as you guys retrace the steps of of, of Fernie. And at one final point, you you uh, happen upon a single after after passing through several a single uh, a single lowly dwarven guardsman. In understated, understated armor, he seems to be relaxed, but answers, but 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 calls your attention sharply. Hey, who goes there? For I am the last guard of Mithril Hall, and demand you tell me cause. 
Well, uh, good sir, we're headed out to go and recover the lost merchandise from a traveling merchant who misplaced it on the road. He looks and he says, I'll have your names, uh, and I'll be knowing whence you plan on returning, and I won't be forgetting. We were told twas not a long journey. Uh, our optimism says we ought to be back for dinner. He eyes you shrewdly and says, You're a young lot to be heading past this checkpoint, young masters. Are you ready for your journey? Uh, yeah. Del, you know, pats his shield and says, I we're prepared for a bit of adventure. In the spirit of the grand, uh, you know, patriarch Bruinor, whose hall this was. Would we have been invited to the uh, table of Aldrich Amberhelmer, grandpappies and great-grandpappies? Uh, if we if we uh, weren't ready for this adventure, that's the table we just came from. Sires of Amberhelm. And he regards you with, uh, with, with a smile and he says, Well, young masters, I'll give you this and wish you farewell and safe return. And he hands you a small silver whistle Ooh. to blow if the uh, journey gets the, were to get the better of you. Just like the one my mother gave me. Well, thank you, kind sir. He says, uh, good luck to you. Thank you much. I give him a swig of my <laughs> bung rot, and I tell him, Come, my brother, drink this last drought with me as I head out. And then I whisper him, he's like, If we're not back in two days, send a party. <laughs> and I squeeze the wineskin into his mouth and bits of, like, Highly viscous fluid flit out of the sides down his chest. He, he, he licks his lip and he smacks it. But the hardness, like, this is a guy who was placed out here because of that edge that he yeah. never loses. And so while the face smiles and while he gulps down that sluice and licks his chops. Like, He's had a lot of bung rot in his days out in the field. Dude, that, that, that steely iron kind of readiness. That that, uh, that 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 the dwar- that the dwarven that the, the smile dwarven doesn't reach his eyes. It does not reach his eyes. It does not. Touch. There is there is no twinkle, but a but a, but a hard shrewdness. And he says, "I thank you, young masters, and hope to be seeing you soon." And off you are into the wilds. So now we're gonna we're basically in a dungeon crawl, and here's where I'm looking for some. Uh, Gentlemen, I like it so far. You guys having a good time? Oh, we're yeah. having a good time. You guys are fucking killing it. It's great feeling out the background of the door. <laughs> Sluicing down the bung rod. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> bung rod and old crotchety dwarven acolytes. Of oh, yes. Right. Do the sacred ceremony. Ring the bell. Hit that Twist fucking bell. Exactly. Doug is like, God damn it. <laughs> How does this one go? This... Hundreds of various <laughs> temple ceremonies that he was forced to memorize. He's like, kick one leg and swing the dick, twist around and fall on your balls. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sing our blood, sing our blood songs and play our blood pipes. Dallas of young blood, Bil- Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> 
Okay. Play my blood pipe. God damn you, old priest. You will never advance your... The haunting melodies of the skin flute. <laughs> you will always remain a lowly cleric while your lurchery continues. Do not tell me of such things. Play the flute, blow boy. Play it. <sighs> the sculpin's quite tasty. That was quite tasty, too. This is... Everything's been quite tasty this evening. What else can we get you? Are you good? I'm so good. I'm just commenting help that everything has been great. Help yourself. Help this yourself. Is, these are fine beers. Sculpin, uh, dude. Sculpin is not a cheap beer, and these are Lagunitas's. Oh my gosh, the red stripes! No, I mean I, I've had I've had I doubled down on this, but like I got I got to get into the other mix, man. I'm not, yeah, the, I'm the not, Konas are delicious, delicious. I'm not a one uh, one note. We got, we did fancy beers tonight, fancy beers and cheap pizza. Gotcha. You could go cheaper than Domino's, but yeah, it's it, it's it's no, dude, it's no. not the finest of fine pizzas. But it oh is my delicious. gosh, like it, it's it's one of those things. Looks like it's like the worst pizza is a fucking good day. That's just the kind of guy I am. I just I love it so bad. Like I ate a hot pocket and I feel like I'm on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. You you can judge me, but like I'm just being honest here. Can you get my phone? I want to check that timer. Same. The timer. Yeah, or the uh, recording. It seems to still be active. We're at one hour and thirty six minutes. Cool. Our recording remains strong. Again, this is a recording of the. Fully living up to hashtag every week. Hashtag always, always play. play. That's Dude, it. always play. It's been, uh, yeah. It's just been so fun to just do it a couple of different settings. Um, alright. Dungeon Crawl. So, we left the borders of the Dwarven Hold. Yeah. We, we are left- now in the, because you, this particular one, I thought... Did it have a human settlement on top, or is it a different one? This this one, no, this no, doesn't. No. And well, we can switch back to it too, just so I wanna I wanna jump back and skip to you guys your okay. Sinister brother, telling from the shadow dragon, shimmer going back in the world. Soon thousands deuce fewer than hundred all in two. You will fight. So shall settle stone. They work much for King Garm. Let's safe again. Okay, so then that happened. So what? So this is all like what it was before. What's it after? Simmer's detractors claim he left dry. He died. Dwarfs treated Garm's gorge, brought peace. Treated Dwarfs and Orkney arrows. When the Irish and Tide break the treaty of War the North, he returned from Zenil. So though the sun really drew. Okay, so he like Dwarf on return. Okay, we're about to eight to fifteen lines. The fame of death must have begun. Dagnabbit Waybeard, granddaughter of Rowan Valley, the great General Dagna. She wants to rebuild her own cell stone. She wants to be status to protect the unfortunate host of the hall of this malign recovered his mind. Okay, famed Gutbuster Brigade. Oh, the Gutbusters. Oh, yeah, we're done. Battle, ra- Battle Ragers. Yeah. The whole spiked armor with the frothing, yeah. Dwarven Berserkers. Those guys are nasty like the big mm-hmm. spike of a helmet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Labyrinth of Caverns, known as the Maze. Or oh, the Undercity, where non-dwarf visitors are prohibited. Ah. So there are, interesting, so there are there are dwarf-only parts and there are dwarf non-dwarf-friendly parts. 
And let's say that this is this is the Undercity. Yeah. yeah. The, the where you guys are celebrating. Yeah. Um, I think probably calling even more attention to Sperny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who is perhaps who is perhaps here on an extra special circumstance? Probably has like some papers or something like that. So, saying, something you know. something lost to you guys. Again, it, it went over your head. Again, you just like okay, here are these guys, but like probably in, in later years you guys reflect and be like, how did fucking Sperny even get here? Uh-huh. Like like what like I got I got to remember to talk to Felder about that um, because again maybe the feast day or something but that was a little bit of a of a move to to pull that. So that's something that goes on. I'm curious to see like where we are in the timeline for all this kind of stuff. Like how long ago were these events? Yeah, so we can go back up to here. Um, but like what we can do is we can go to here and we basically just go to. Because the other big map that we have looks very, very different because it was from a 4th edition thing where there was like well, first of all, the spell scarring and all this other kinds of fun stuff. Look, oh, the plan of Mithra Hall. It's pretty awesome. Let's see this. Is that, is that a thing we can do? Could make it... Uh, <laughs> that, why is that such a terrible image? Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's for the, for the map. But you can see exactly this. And um, again, one of these one of these places would be a, a fitting place for a great dwarven celebration. Yeah. Yeah, and here we head out mm. beyond mm. beyond the Undercity. No, this is good. I like because this was the sort of vibe I had for for Baron. Was like, no, he lives in a in a hole in the ground, in a goddamn mountain. Yeah, in a goddamn um, mountain. But here's the thing, though, right? Like, even though you have a little, I mean, Nedlin, there's still seven percent, second biggest race. Maybe that's how Sprinty gets there. Yeah, gold dwarves. But um, yeah, population. Okay, so DR. So currently five thousand. In the most recent timeline. Oh, Dagnabbit. So we talked about Dagnabbit. He's fourteen. That's the current leader. Yeah. That's the current leader. So the fact that this this map is up to date at least during the lifetime. So okay. it can't be too much far. So between fourteen, for sure, our time is after this. Yeah. But this is, he's probably in like the 14, 15, 1600s. Interesting. So it's not. I mean, honestly, population wise, it's smaller than Motto. Yeah. Five thousand? That's a small town. Five thousand thirteen. So you maybe like whatever. 13. It what? It was so out. It was down. I mean, even if it's back up to the ten k, it was. Yeah, you can't imagine. So much it's interesting. It said part of the population dropped is because Brunard took, or whoever was in charge at that time, not Brunard. No, so people from that people, people went to Gondolgrim. Go to Gondolgrim. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Gotcha. Some ten thousand individuals. Yeah. Okay. All gathering. Sweet. I can say it's back into the 10k, so it's a it's a pretty good, you know. Yeah, and again, like again, a city like Nevada just doesn't exist at all. Yeah. If you go back. No, it's like, it's stuff you can't really you can't have that many people in such food a sources, right? Food and yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Like Nevada would be a great city state. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a jewel of dwarven them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um. Great. So. Yeah, like let, let's let's transition that into some dungeon delving, some uh, some dungeon delving, dungeoneering. Where is that? Okay, some dungeoneering track checks. So you're following Sverdi's directions, mm-hmm. left, right. Who's who's the most sober of you? Who's 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 leading this? Who's leading this party? And how, what, what's the natural order that that uh, that happens here? I think I think Delg is happy to take the lead on this. Yeah, he's got pretty good eyeballs. Delg is and, our sober leader, and uh, I think yeah, I think I think the leader, the scholar, and the letter. The leader, the scholar, and the letter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a kid. Feels right. Tale. <laughs> um, 
Wonderful. And we're all dwarves, so we all have dark vision. Uh, I'm happy to provide light if we need it, but at this time, I imagine we're probably just being sneaky. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, using dark vision, yeah? Yeah. Um, there's a list of items we're looking for, right? There is. There is a list of items. And on that list, you find each name and item. Um, a drider hand. A mummified hand of a drider. Fucking awesome, I like Kevin. Contains magic <laughs> powers. Is it like with like three hands or something? It's like the three clawed drider hand bitches yeah. or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so sweet. Um, well, shit. Oh, <laughs> d- dig your tops down. I'm going to write that down so we don't forget about it. I was like, oh, murder? <laughs> Some fucking murder. So good, so good. <laughs> Uh, no, probably a, a crate of rare spices. Okay, perfect. Um, crate of rare spices? Tortle spices. From, from the people of the Tortle. <laughs> Their strange and weird cuisines are prized by many as a, a rare gourmet treat. I love the idea that great characters swallow things whole. But that's not actually the normal turtle way. <laughs> Just of a specific turtle people. What about uh, what about you, Luke? What, what's what's the third item that we have uh, that that is being sought by the by the troop here? I don't see Drider hand. So they put it on thrust. Oh yeah, there we go. I'm only assuming that that's gonna come up some other. <laughs> I mean, in the map. What what other materials that Snurvy has S- lost? Yeah. Well, um, he said you're seeking three items. We have a drider hand, a turtle, a, a, a spice barrel of turtle origin. Mine is a holy, it's not a cross, but it's a religious symbol of the drow. Ooh. Oh. Uh, religious she's a relic. spider lady. It's like a spider, uh, not an amulet. You don't wear it. I mean, I imagine, a, I think their clerics use like... Cat of nine tails or something oh. like as their holy weapons. Like they're like whips. It's not a we- it's, it's not a weapon. It is a snake headed whip. That would be a ridiculous thing to have and super anathema. <laughs> um, so a drow holy symbol or wait, what are you saying? What are you saying? Uh, yes, it's a drow holy symbol. Drow holy symbol. A okay. spider like symbol of loth. And as you guys review this list. Well, history check. Ooh. I wouldn't mind if the drow holy symbol stayed lost, personally. What's all this we can learn from it? Aye. Yeah, natural 20. What are we, what are we rolling? Uh, history, history check. History check. Ooh. That's a natural one. Natural one. Uh, Clearly, Pubis uh, is still deep uh, in his cups. 15. Uh, pubis treats this list of items like a grocery list. You could have asked him to go get a few sticks of butter and, you know, whatever, six packs of beer. Butter, and he would have bread, the same gallon of milk. But, uh, but, uh, dressed in here, and, God, I can't remember this goddamn Del- name. Delg. Del- God, I don't know why, it's just, it's not, it doesn't stick. Delg. Led backwards. Yeah, Delg. Now, I, I give Greg so much shit for not just remembering people's names. Like, his, his, little, like, his little, like, A-frames, right? I've been Bofa for, like, six months. You can't remember? Um, you know, I mean, I mean some crow on this one. Um, so, but Delg has an inclination, and whatchamacallit, and Drustin is, is, is feeling pretty strongly that it's a little bit of a coincidental thing to lose items as... 
kind of uh, as uh, heathenish, heathenish oh, yeah. and kind of like other otherworldly. Like again, the hand of a drider, the holy yeah. symbol of a drow, and yeah, spice barrel of turtle origin. You know. It's one of those things where like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the portals. I mean, that's like like you know, they're they're talked about as kind of very exotic creatures from far away. But you also specifically know that one of the rumors about them is they eat a lot of things that though delicious could be deadly. And like it's like a controlled substance what we're talking about here. Huh. And so like this line of the thing is like how accidental was it that these particular things were misplaced? Hmm. I think it may be being hard to sneak these things in. I don't feel good about that. Eh, perhaps there's a few rules that are okay to break. And as you well, round the corner, you see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, you see three goblins sitting there bickering. Does anyone speak goblin? Nope. I'm gonna speak orc. I do have a Actually, actually, since we're rolling with Mox character, Mox speaks Mox oh speaks God. That means this is one other language. Cuba speaks goblin. Like basically, there was goblin and there was gnomish, and I'm like, whatever I encounter first, that's gonna be the language. And I didn't remember that until this very instant. So, Puba speaks the language. Yeah, I speak dwarvish, orc, and elvish. This is class features. It would be background? under features. Actually, under background. Yeah, so, you, as a class... Language, a, Dwarvish. It says language, Dwarvish. It does, but if you ha- already have Dwarvish, you get to pick another one. Uh, and there's no good place to put that, so I just noted it. Mm. So it's one of the issues with the Clan Crafter one I noticed. And I'm actually going to use Dwarvish, but it doesn't do the thing where if you already have Dwarvish, yeah. it lets you pick another one. You can customize it, so you can like customize the backgrounds and then fuck with it, and you can probably get it in that way. You might have to help him with that later. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Pubis overhears. He says... He overhears. He says... He was supposed to send somebody, but we've been waiting here for hours. And you know what? I kind of want to keep him for myself. Hmm. And then, and then you hear, like, some, some, some kind of more bickering from the other two goblins. But clearly, the the uh, the overarching kind of tone is that whatever whatever plans were made by this goblin are going are going a different way than it's planned. There's b- betrayal is on the wind, young Pulis. Now, goblins are our mortal enemy, correct? Mm-hmm. It's a kill on sight Orcs relationship. Really. Orcs really. Orcs are mortal enemy. Orcs are your mortal enemy, but goblins are like a hair behind. Yeah. It's not like just a nasty distrust and avoidance. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where, like, you know, whereas dwarves are not, like, native to the Underdark, they are native to underground subterranean spaces. Same thing with goblins. These aren't Underdark creature, but here they are in subterranean places like you find them many times. To find them, perhaps, so immediately close to the outskirts of, of, of a, great, a great dwarven city is a little bit, a little bit odd. But you basically heard them spill the beans. Like, they, they're waiting for somebody, but whoever they're waiting for, they're, uh, they're, they're looking to turn the tables on the deal. Got it. I whisper my team. We should pretend we're the buyers. They have items. They may be our items. This is the location where the, where the 
the things were supposed to be. Perhaps these goblins have it and they're trying to sell it. This is all very weird to me, boys. I'm not quite sure what to make of this. I don't really like the idea of having no truck with no goblins. Dad says they're awful evil creatures. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be some good goblins as well as the bad. No people is entirely evil. Just like no people is entirely good. Yeah. Right, but mm -hmm. goblins, we're talking majority evil. Mass majority. Yeah, Overwhelming right. majority. Well, well, maybe these are the minority. I say we we use these gems and say we've come to buy the items that they have for sale. But then we kill him. <laughs> Basically, I'm gonna take a leap on you guys. Just that what you want to do. Would you try to scare them away instead? But if we scare them away, we'll There's scare the items too. There's three of us. They're fast. I got a scroll that could help me uh, create a silent image or something. A silent image of what? Like a, a creepy ghoul. What about Sverney? Oh, that's a great one. You won't be able to say anything, but, but um... What if... I mean... You sound like you might be a smuggler. Yeah. Smyrny. If you're saying this is stuff that he may be left behind, and he's trying to make us do his filthy, dirty work, this drow shit doesn't... Pardon my language. He doesn't seem good. Well, why don't I, uh, uh, make uh, an appearance of him, and we'll see how the goblins react. That'll give us more info. Maybe he's with us, but you do the talking. I'll do the talking. So we wander up. Sverney's with us, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then we talk. How long does this, can you do this for something long? Uh, yeah, as long as I'm concentrating. All right. Uh, I'm going to take out my scroll of silence image. Okay. And using it as a written dwarven, remembering what his uncle Formir taught him, he summons up a silence image of Sverney. Who, I, on my, as an action, I can cause him to move, and it looks like he's moving. He just doesn't cause any sounds. Gotcha. I'm going to use my throw voice ability and speak loudly. <laughs> it worked. It worked. Look. Well, I think we're walking up and you're just... You have a this. throw voice ability? I uh, yell. Oh, yeah. And people far away can hear it. Polished. Polished. saying that is an ability. All right. So, yeah, you guys are going to... So, you guys... So, are we walking around the corner with Sverney with us and seeing what they do? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I walk around the corner and I'm like... Del has his shield at... He's trying to look casual, but he's really not doing a great job. Mm -hmm. So you go around, come around the corner, and immediately these goblins are like, Hey! Ah, ah, ah. 
And they, they, they swing back. And they say, ah, the spermy, he had there. And who? Who are these? Man. What? What are you? What are you back for? Are they saying that in Goblin or in Dwarven or Common or Gnomish? They say it in Common. In Common. As it happens, Sferni doesn't speak. Goblin. Good. Uh, they ask him what he's back for. We're here to get back uh, the item. He says, our, uh, our friend Sferni here doesn't have to speak to the likes of you. Roll deception check. I'm going to use my 15. So that gives me 15. Perfect. So he has like this talisman that is said to give luck to liars. He like grips it beneath his, his hide. Is it cool. is that a straight 15? Do you have something to add to it? Just a 15. Perfect. Say ah. Um, he says, why you return? He says, why, why, why you return for, for, uh, uh, for the claw when, uh, you say you send people and we, and we, we take what they has. Yeah. Uh, clearly, clearly Sperny has told some sort of lie that has set you at odds with these goblins. Oh my God. And so, you're starting so. to put together the fact that, like, either you would get the items it's back, awesome. either you get the items back, or, uh, or, or or they would be able to, uh, yeah, they, they would get their, their, their payment from, uh, from your, your dead corpses. Uh, Jerusalem says, let's change our plan. Uh, give us the claw and, uh, or, uh, some of these bodyguards here, and he points to the two other dwarves in armor, would be, uh, uh, taking your hands as well. That <clears throat> He said, ah, he said, you pay me. You pay me, you pay we, or we, we take claw and we leave now. He says, uh, we have, he says, um, there are more of, of us too, not just three, not just three. How much? <laughs> uh, five. I blurred out in Goblin. Five is robbery. I did not come here for five. We came here for three. And I shake my bag and three you will have. He speaks to the other two. He says, five, three, yes. Four. <laughs> I look at him and I like rip ass. <laughs> and I say, show me what you have. Those around a crop of stalagmites. Rustle under some stones. Raises up the drider claw. He says, He says, We have claw! He says, There's more, but 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 four only good for the claw. We need all. How much for all? He, she said, he says, Hey, he says, they, they, he, he talks to the other ones, and they, they, clearly there's kind of like, High pitch kind of negotiations going on. You catch kind of like, but we gave the other ones. Like they don't want to make a deal. If we just make the deal, like then we'll have the money. But like 
But they have the other items. But, like, we don't want to talk to them. Like, we got... Hey, I was angry with them since yesterday. And you kind of get this sense, like, very obviously with, with, with evil creatures. There's just such a loose sense of organization amongst the band. That, like, these ones that are negotiate with, negotiating with you are doing so through circumstance alone. They don't speak for the whole crowd. And they themselves have concerns as if they try to, like, go with the other items. And, like, there might be, like, some sort of fight that breaks out. So they're just trying to get their money and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> So uh, he says, no, no, four, four for one, four for one. Not realizing that you speak goblin, they just shove that out. That's called to me gold money. I didn't think to bring any. I have gold aplenty. Four for one is the deal, and the deal it shall be. And I walk forward with my bustling bag of these sort of like half-broken gemstones that I pulled from the table. Let me inspect it to make sure you've not broken it. And I I hand out this bag of gems. Mm-hmm. And I reach out my other hand to get the dryad claw. Or to get this... The drider claw. The drider claw. That's <clears throat> All right. Ooh, uh, what a foul making. You take the claw, you give the bag, and you both begin to inspect your wares. But I'm going to need one more persuasion check. To make this happen, and let's say let's say you guys have sold it really well, so I'm just gonna go straight DC ten. No, uh, sixteen. That's like a goddamn deal. Yes. So uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, these uh, good gems, good gems, four, four, four gems. Four. You take the claw, and they, you say go, and they kind of cower, they, they slink back. They, you, you see the the long curved goblin daggers there. And you see the the, the, the sharpened things. And a wild look in their eyes, and you say to yourselves, We shall not give up our gems this day. We truly are men to face down these vile creatures. Yeah. And your cocks grow a quarter Ooh. inch longer as they depart, as they depart on a side, a side passage, and the way forward is clear. But as you, as, you, as you see the way forward, truly it gets a little darker down the farther. Mm. How do you proceed? Mm. How do you proceed, goblin heroes? Now that the game is afoot and Sperney's treachery is uh, is at hand, but yet you have accomplished a part of the uh, the mission at hand, how do you act? Well, first I'm going to use another scroll to cast Comprehend Language on myself, which will under allow me to understand any spoken language I hear or any written language I see. Cast this spell for a bit. My eyes glow. And my ears. Let's get, let's get some more of that, man. I need to flip. I need All a right. feel for young Dresden here. Like, Sounds good. Because that's what, that's what old Dresden would do. What's young Dresden do? Yeah, what would young Dresden do? Young Dresden takes Dresden. out another scroll. He says, that's a good thing. But not this one. And he looks, he says, okay, okay, how did Uncle Thormia teach me to do this? And he starts saying these words and tracing it. And as he's doing so, like, the words he's saying start to fly off the page and into his mouth. And like into his eyes and ears, and he looks kind of like scared, but can't stop saying it. And finally, like there's this like blue flash, and his hair is just like standing on end. The little smoke is coming out of his ears, and he's like, "Cousin, speak, speak goblin to me." Do you see my cock? I understood it. I don't see it, but I understood it. <laughs> ah. So it says, it's worked. 
everyone. What if I just shout gibberish and think real hard about something? Does it work for that? I don't know. Give it a try. Hoogly boogly, woogly boogly, boogly woogly. It doesn't work in that. That's amazing. I was thinking to myself, a beer sounds good right now. <laughs> Still got a little of that butt rot left. <laughs> a little that bung rot. What bung rot? It stays heavy in the gullet. Mm. Well, Dad always said, goblins are not to be trusted. And this many, this close to the to the city, we should either go back and get the guards and tell them to clear out this lot, or we should do it ourselves. I want to talk to more goblins, let's go. I don't know if we'll be doing a whole lot more talking, cousin. I'll be able to understand what they're saying. Regardless. As they're trying to kill us? I, I mean, it's good to hear what they're going to say. So, you know, if we hear it in the future, we'll know they're going to attack us. All knowledge is useful, cousin. That doesn't sound very dwarvish. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell my mother I said that. Uh, We must follow these goblins. Surely they go back to the treasure. We must find these other two items. The way is only ahead. We can see if it works again, but you got any more gems? I don't have any money. I have more gems. I had two bags of gems. One bag is gone. All right, well, we'll see what we can do, I suppose. These were broken gems. (laughs) Hardly worth more than glass. (laughs) So my silent image is going to last for 10 more minutes. Cuba <laughs> says, please, these goblins. They have cracked gems pulled from broken weapons. The, the, the pressure of an image of Svernia and the harsh, the harsh pressure negotiation of, of Pubis has laid them on their path with not more in their pocket but river stones. Sweet river stones. The cracked lupus will yield you no bread. Beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, where to? Where to, young dwarfs? He has his shield and his hammer and says, All right then. All right then, cousins. Let's have it, boys. Let's see if we can. Let's do this thing. I'll keep Sverney walking next to us for whatever remains of the 10 minutes it lasts for. Absolutely. At the least, it creates one more target. As you guys continue, you hear some grunting and shuffling off to the right. But the passage work, the passage goes farther down, and there's a small trickling stream that goes into your legs. Goes um, under your legs as you go down the, uh, the the pathway. Mind you, in the in the underdark. Deep, deep within the bowels of the earth, there are great rushing underground rivers, lakes, and seas. But this is not any of those. This is a simple trickle of, of, of moisture, brackish at that, and would be foul to the taste. Mm. Brackish. Um, so you you have a some uh, some grunting and shuffling off to the side, and the path uh, uh, farther. Down the down the chamber with uh with with flowing water beneath your feet. Where do you go? I mean, it might be goblins off to the side. That's what we're looking for. Is goblins, right? I try to mm-hmm. hear uh more uh specifically what kind of creature it sounds like. Yeah, you guys can all give me a perception check. Rolling dones. Uh, perception plus three. 
Shit, how do I have such high perception? Spider Man. Can't see, you can't fight. 18. Yeah. 14. Um, I missed my owl. You guys hear. You guys hear kind of like some. Yeah, the, the, shuffling, the shuffling and catch maybe a waft of. of. of, uh, of dung. But it is. it is Pubis himself who. You know, free from the oversight of, of, of parents, kin, and master, partook of no vegetable today. He, for him, it was it was pure haunch of pork, and uh, and and ale, and uh, flagon of ale, and he knows from the sight and the scent that there are some pigs down that path. I desire pig, pig meat and cunt of goat. His brother's like, uh, what? <laughs> Cousins. Always, I couldn't understand your language right now. <laughs> good lord. You have some profane hunger. Uh, I, I doubt that pigs have the, the treasure we seek. Trust me, the pigs are what we seek. Dale mutters some, like, like warding <laughs> prayer, like, to more like, Morden, keep this foulness from me, or something. <laughs> the sign of the cross. The Mordish sign of the cross. Yes. Uh... Well, that's the information that you guys have. I say we we continue forward, finding the goblins that have more of the treasure. I don't think we need pigs. We need goblins. Let's let's carry on. Down you go. Nay, pigs for us. All right. So. What do we see? Is this like a? How big is this cavern? This cavern is, uh, I would say, this cavern is maybe ten feet wide. Okay. So it, it's gotten very narrow. Like the goblins, to have three goblins kind of holding the entrance, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. huge. Okay. It's kind of a narrow passage, but you're all dwarves. I mean, again, yeah, uh, very comfortable with uh, hundreds of feet of stone above your heads, mm-hmm. and the walls seem almost cozy as you as you come down uh, this passage. The um, let me read here. So uh, the main patch of the, cow- uh, of the, of the cave mouth uh, descends steeply, and the stream kind of plunging and splashing down on the west side. Mm-hmm. And in the shadow, the side passage leads west on the other side of the screen, this, the stream. Uh, and then in the shadows of the ceiling to the north, you can just make out the dim shape of a rickety bridge of wood and a rope crossing over the passage ahead of you. Another passage intersects this one, 20 feet, uh, feet above the floor. So, like, we're looking ahead... There's something kind of shadowy off the left, like a passage you go, there's like a bridge up here, and there's like a, is the tunnel coming out where the yeah, bridge so is? Yeah, there's like another passage off to the left, and then like a, bri- a bridge above. Huh. Can we access the bridge right now? Nah, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's not an option, so you can kind of see it there, oh, okay. spanning, but it's a, a, above your guys' heads. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the options. Where are you guys going? Hmm, I don't know. Ahead and left seems as good as the other. Uh, flip a coin. Alright, flip a coin. Let's go left. Go left. Left it is! My coin landed on the left side? Can we roll a perception check on whether we should go left or right? <laughs> you should definitely... Let's see it here. One sec. Let me, uh... 
Yeah, plus three. Fucking invincible. Why don't you guys roll a perception check? Just in general. Eleven. Holy crap. Roll the one. Uh, okay. Feels overconfident. I see nothing. The dark is impenetrable. All this, all this, all this shadow. I have a total of six. Can you? I forget. Crits are crits only for attacks? Do they apply to skills as well? Uh, sorry. Crits. Inspect those two numbers. Compare them in their every mark. See little tiny little divot down below this one. Wait, if you look do you carefully, that's the, nine, that's the nine. There's a divot uh, below. Uh, Sam, do crits apply to what? Skills. No. Do critical failures apply to skills? No. I have a six. I think they do to saving throws. I have a nine. Four. You notice nothing. And you plunge along bravely. These to the to the these dragon. things are all true. Um, I've got a shovel. No, Searching the cravings. Plunge your heart into the cravings. So we go left, blindly into left, the dark. Left, left, right, left. Okay. Got a little thing. bag of sand. Got a little bag of sand. A little bag of sand. What? Is it food grade sand? No, it's used for drying your ink on your parchment. Oh, yeah, okay. Because I have a scholar's pack. Okay. I don't want any rope. You don't want rope, huh? Apparently, I don't want rope. I do have a miner's pick that weighs 10 pounds. That's in okay. your scholar's pack? <laughs> that is in my archaeology So, pack. I see. And a shovel. It's fine. That's a lot of weight. What are your stats? Uh, I have a 10 strength. I can carry... I'm weighing You've got the dwarf thing where you can go to 70, 100. As you turn off to the left, okay, you start to hear a rumble. A rumble? And all of a sudden, a flood of water comes sluicing ah. down the, uh, the passageway. I, oh, don't know how to swim! A mighty current of water. Uh... Perhaps natural, or perhaps tripped by some unseen foe. Uh, you all need to, draw, to roll a DC 10 dexterity check to uh, avoid being swept away. Dexterity saving throw? Yep. I'm going to use my 10 from before. Perfect. Mm, where are my saves? Oh, damn right. Dexterity, bitches. Plus two. Where's it show what saves you're proficient in? I remember that was a thing. Oh, uh, it's... Uh, yeah. Right next to... Oh, next to abilities. Okay, there it is, yeah. Eight. So, okay. Did you just roll another D10? He said a D10. No, the, D- the, D- D- the check D- is D- 10. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, always the D20 with the skills. <laughs> That's a four plus two. That's a six. I got a... I got a 17. It's worse. I rolled well and I got a... I got an 11. Okay. I so, did poorly. <laughs> you, you, you did, you did no, no bueno. You so, strapped to that. Uh, a creature that fails to get out of the way can attempt a DC 15 strength uh, saving throw to hold on. On a failed save, the character is knocked prone and washed down <laughs> washed down to the entrance of the air of the dungeon, taking 1d6 bludgeoning damage on the way. Uh, so you can make a strength saving throw. So now you need to make a strength saving throw. Roll that d20 again. Sorry. Always the d20. 
That's a 17. Yeah, he held on. And so as you guys uh, turn onto the, uh, the left side of the passage to climb, this torrent of water comes with Drustin and... I don't know his fucking name. Del- Del- Delg. Delg. Uh, nimbly heading up the corridor <laughs> while poor Pubis <laughs> grabbed by the ankles but... Clamps onto the, uh, the, uh, the stone walls with his mighty forearms to, uh, to stave off... To stave off what would have surely have been a rough ride down the corridor. And a full volume of water invading my every orifice. <laughs> um, he sits later to slowly drain out. <laughs> so, after the flood passes, now, now uh, what do you guys do? Uh, <laughs> help. Help you, Mr. Speed. Help, poor pubis. He is dripping wet. Is the water still rushing down, or was it just like a wave? It was a big wave. Okay. There's something here that uh, doesn't want us to be. That might happen again. We should avoid that stream if we can. Did it go into the leftern passage? Leftern? Left passage? It comes comes straight down. So, actually, you know what? Just to make more fun, I think I'm going to throw it up there. There's no reason not to. So this is all underground. We're saying you guys went up okay. here. You guys heard some some pigs, uh, some pigs down there. You came up here. Oh, you I went onto the left floor. You saw this bridge, and all of a sudden, whoosh! This this flood comes uh comes down at you guys. Well, let's continue to the left. Let's go to the left. To the left. Are we by five then? We're by four. Uh, yeah. So you five by four above us. Got it. Five is yeah. Five is above you. Four is off to the left. Okay. To the left. To the left. To the left, to the left. Should have done this before. I don't know why I didn't do that. Craig Maw. Um, so from four to five. So a stream continues uh, up beyond another set of uneven steps ahead, bending <laughs> eastward as it goes. Excellent. Yeah, bending eastward as, as, as it goes. A waterfall sounds out of from a larger cavern somewhere ahead of you. Uh-huh. Interesting. All right. Wait, we went to the left towards six? Yeah, you went to the left towards six, right? Okay. So you get here, and I think, and you're hearing, you're basically hearing. Oh, sorry, that's uh, that's five. My bad. Dude, I totally did the wrong thing. So the main passage from the cave mouth climbs steeply upward, the stream plunging and splashing down its west side in the shadows. Uh, and in the shadows, from a side passage west, uh, leads west across the other side of the stream. So in the so we uh, took that. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically just where you guys were at. Okay, so we're gonna try and take that side passage west. You going? So you going west mm-hmm. to, to six or to mm-hmm. five? Um, That's where I got confused. I guess you guys. Are I guess towards to, six. You guys are leaving towards six. Sure. If we see a big opening, there, yeah, we head towards it. Okay. This the large cave is divided by half, uh, in half by a ten foot high escarpment. Ooh. A steep natural staircase leads from the lower portion to the upper ledge. The air is hazy with smoke of a cooking fire and a pungent smell. A pun and pungent. From the smell of poorly cured hides and unwashed goblins. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Uh, we so, shall swim in their carcasses. Six goblins inhabit this den. Ooh. And upon seeing them, <laughs> roll initiative. Uh, yeah. Is that a D10? It's always a D20. Always a D20. Uh, I rolled poorly. I have a five. So, uh, you want to do initiative? I'll be what did you get? You rolled once, Luke. Oh, but my first one was a two. <laughs> so I have to roll again to get better than that. So plus your dex, which is two. So you have a four. Oh, so I finally got the 20. 
Can't I keep this one? That's a better. Or the goblins yet. So yeah, let's do. Let's put this guy out. Is that a World of Warcraft map? <laughs> these, it is. These are wow minis. Actually, let me love this. Shit. That is so legit. It's uh, too legit to quit. Uh, in let's fact. do do that, and then why don't we uh, why don't we get some uh, get some minis up and hits up ends. So no, no no, I had to roll this with the goblins. So the goblins. I think you rolled a. Two? Uh, I had an initiative modifier, Sam. Yeah. So no, but the dice eight. roll was two. They go first, and then we wait a while. And then I rolled a three. Gotcha. So they grabbed it. So, so your total is a uh, four? So the order is down the table here. Fantastic. Uh, so we don't... I'm boom, 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 boom. As you turn the corner, the goblins say, Let's get them! And we'll take these prisoners just like the others if we can. Just like the other if we can. And you see... Uh, Elevated on the ten foot uh, kind of escarpment is a dwarf warrior that has been taken prisoner and is battered and beaten. It seems like you kind of interrupted them halfway through kind of their their, their torturing and mistreatment, misuse of this poor dwarven warrior. Nice. So you see him up there suffering, and the the goblins <clears throat> intend on inflicting upon y'all the same the same fate. Well, you go first. Let us take their hearts and then their bodies. They do. Stop. Pubis, god damn it. Is this Let's still see. recording? Uh, Is it recording then? Yeah, it never stopped. Oh, yeah, it's still going. Yeah, put it, put it in the middle of the table. There may be some editing of this episode. Uh, possibly. <laughs> uh, are we still on, though? Did we, yeah, 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 we're still no, on. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Thank you. Um... So these these goblins, these three goblins here, come with a. Uh, let's make sure I have their their. Yeah, it should just be here. Speed, Thanks. but yeah, their speed is what I want to make sure I have. It should be thirty, right? Perfect. Thank you, Kim. Uh, thirty. So uh, we're playing on a hex board again, so yep. it sh- should be interesting. We 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 had a good enough time with it last time. Um, the biggest thing that we've noticed is that it can affect kind of like the area of spells. Mm-hmm. It's going to affect, of course, your speed as mm-hmm. you travel around, more pathways to get places. Mm-hmm. And we've agreed that flanking is more difficult mm-hmm. because you have to be fully opposite one another. You can't do a five-foot step and flank. Can't do a five-foot step and flank. So, um, so this goblin here is going to go charging up to... This is... Uh, Sverny. Sverny. Silent image. This, is go- this guy is going to go... Five. This is, you know, we're not counting these images as rough terrain, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what sure. I assume. Yeah, I, I. If you're down with that, the month's over. Yeah, I mean, if you want to put some rough terrain down, you certainly can. Like yeah, or I don't know. It didn't. It didn't mention anything. Yeah, I guess we have fine. that. Well, we're just we're we're rolling with it. Seen beds and fire pits, but I don't know. This guy Maybe here, they're like here, bed rolls, and they really aren't really that rough of terrain. Yeah. It's like blankets on the ground. They're okay. goblins. They probably don't have a lot of, you know. These are gonna. These guys are gonna roll up and drop some attacks. So, first, uh, a melee attack here on the right against Sverny the image. Okay. As soon as they do so, it reveals it to be an illusion. Yeah. As soon as they make so the he, attack, does he it comes up with physical attack? interaction with the image reveals it to be an illusion. He comes up with his curved, his curved long goblin knife. And goes, and does like a little, a little bit of like a, a sly flourish as he carves down on the leg, and it just pops. He goes, ah, 
Alright, so. Betrayal! Oh, well, the image is still there. Yeah, the image is still there. So, what does it do then? It just stands there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, other, the others, uh, though, both drop some attacks on uh, Son of Baron. Drag. Drag. I don't know, I can't remember the goddamn name. <laughs> Del. Now nah, nah, I figured out how to do it. It's Del, like my friend's buddy. My buddy's dad, his name is Del. It's just Del. God, this looks amazing. We truly have sampled everything that's been brought tonight. Except the Cheetos. Oh, break this out, man. Mm. Oh, there's chocolate? Mm. Ball on. Sweet and salty trail mix. Mm. Sounds like the sort of thing that uh, Pubis would bring on as uh, supplies, rations. Dell gets two long knives coming his way. Armor class is 18. Woo! Excellent. Oh, so I was rolled twin 17s. These guys came in. I'm guessing they get a bonus with piss and uh, with piss and vinegar. Um, uh, nimble? No, they don't have a, a no. shared. They don't, they, have don't. A, they don't have a bonus at all. And okay. uh, Del, thank you, sir. Del, uh, Del is certain that the quality armor of his father mm-hmm. will act like an impenetrable shell, as if he was behind high dwarven walls. Mm-hmm. When in reality, there are plenty of chinks and turns to be attacked and mauled. Um, do you have that reaction thing yet? Reactive advantage. Oh yeah, I do have that. I just forget that I have it. Yeah, use it. I'll, I'll definitely use that. But I think he needs it right now. Well, didn't they just miss both times? They, no, they, no, they, rolled they both rolled 17s each, so that's total so of 21 against AC. They both have oh. 21 against AC total. Sorry, I didn't. Gotcha. Put I asked you if they hit, and you were like, I thought it was a no. Um, and then when you said bonuses, like Kevin was looking for extra bonuses, when really we just like mm. didn't do. The I just basic. heard the seventeen number. Mm. We didn't do the basic action of, f- of fulfilling the number. So gotcha, gotcha. I'm gonna use my warding flare as they uh, strike their weapons down at me. A, uh, a flash of light, as though from the Soul Forge itself. Yeah. So emanates from his shield. Delg, son of Baron, does it actually happen with his dad's shield unbeknownst to him? Does it just like fucking happen, or does something else happen? Uh, it happens with uh, his shield, and he doesn't know. What's just going like, on. what's going on? Yeah. And so, uh, what's the effect here? Uh, brief flash of light, partially blinding them as they come in for the swing. So again, these actually—they're not happening simultaneously. They happen one at a time. Does it affect both of them or one at a time? It's one at a time, but let's say it happens twice. Okay, we're gonna say it happens twice, but it actually just happens once, right? No, so, no, it's gonna happen. Well, actually, no. Is it a reaction? You, you get one reaction per turn. Okay, so it happens once. Okay, yeah. So I should, I should. The, fir- the first one comes because they both rolled seventeen. It makes it easier, and th- that guy has disadvantage, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna roll a second dice. Yeah. So oh, one yeah. of them might not hit. The other so, one yeah. definitely does. One does. The other one rolled a natural two. Right. Cool. It will not hit. So they come in. So the first one, a flash of light comes off his shield, partially blinding it, and the sword strike goes awry. But while that's happening, the second one comes in, and the blade strikes true. It strikes true, and you take six damage. Cool. Uh, everybody remember the number 17 as... Baron's previous hit points. Okay. I'm assuming we're starting out with full hit points. You're starting off at full hit points. Cool, cool. 
Well, what number did I just take? If you guys can't recover if you hit points 17. in 50 years, <laughs> especially when it's not even you we're talking about. Yeah. Well, how many? What, what did I just take? Minus six. Minus six. Cool. Okay. Are these other guys doing anything? Yes, they are. And in fact, these uh, the ones on top here. Let's see what's the range here. Oh, perfect. Uh, upon seeing blinding flashes from uh, blinding flashes and hearing the calls of betrayal, uh, 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 string or uh, pick up short bows and loose a hail of uh, small barbed arrows over at the uh, a volley at the group. We're gonna say uh, two of them targeting young pubis. And one also going for the uh, 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 Delg. So let's do that. Okay. Here's uh, it's gonna go. What's your AC? AC sixteen. Cool. We're gonna go. Pubis has got the uh, got this one. Pubis, Delg, and Pubis. All right. So, yeah, pretty. Good. So with Pubis, it is. Let's see. Yeah, but same plus four. 14 and eight with uh, Delg. It's another 21. <laughs> well, Delg takes a hit. Uh, four, are those 14 and eight totals? Yes, those 14 and those eight are totals for Pubis. So Pubis avoids being injured because you are 16. Well done. So well how done. do you deflect these arrows? Yeah, you got you you a couple shots coming your way, Pubis. What happens there? Um, and what are you armed with, sir? Because I'm armed with a two-handed maul. Are you actually armed with a two-handed maul, or it's, it's amazing? It is in my item list. It totally is, but give me some flavor there. Like that's that's Mox weapon, which is a military weapon. What do you have with your accompanying your rusty armor? Is it just like, is it a is it a cobbler's hammer, or is it some other blunted object, or do you actually just did you actually like sneak off with like an actual? You try to grab a finely crafted war uh, war implement on your way out the door. Like, what, what do you got? G- give us that. Give us a, a flavor. So this mall is. You a, have to roll for it. Just say what you want. Mostly just a rusty chunk of metal that I dug out of one of the mines. Slag. It's a slag that I dug out of one of the mines that I was uh, laboring in. Mm-hmm. And then I also took the uh, splinted uh, lame of a wheel, and I jammed it inside there, and then some hammered some nails into the top. Which stick out crudely from the yeah. top. A craftsman you are not, yet. A craftsman I am not. If it had a single jewel in it, I could help. <laughs> but jewels it does not have. Um, it is, a, it is an, an ugly but sturdy implement. And as I lift it up to begin my threatening uh, battle cry and some of the goblish profanities I learn, I notice that it has some filthy, filthy rust on it. And I become obsessed with getting the rust off. As I wipe the rust off, the hammer moves, the maul moves slightly to the side, deflecting one arrow, and as I rub it again, it deflects the other arrow. I, I hear two chinks as they slide past me, and I notice that these arrows have sliced into the metal ever so slightly and sheared off the rust, which pleases me. Well, hmm. And as you remark, upon the convenience of the de-rusting of these arrows, your compatriot in arms, Delg, Takes one on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I uh, scream at him. Look out! How much damage? Ah, uh, let's do it. Seven. Oh, that's a brutal. Yeah, you've taken it in the deep. And 
I wouldn't be if we were level one. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's my turn. Uh, Drustin reaches for his grease spell, realizing now that it dropped away while he was recounting the history of the dwarves. So instead he reaches for one that he assumes is a fireball. And he says, I think this one's a fireball. I bought it off a gnome once. And he starts saying the runes and the paper just dissolves in front of him, turning into a fog cloud instead. Ha! So the illusion of Sigourney vanishes. I'm going to just use rough terrain for this. Yeah, man. Let's use a color that works so we're, we're consistent. I think the yellow is going to work for this one. Just because okay, it's you have two sides. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm going to actually center it kind of now behind us like this. I mean, do you want to be encased in a fog cloud right now? It'll what be heavily obscured. It'll be heavily obscured. Uh, is that for doing other actions? Huh? So you won't be able to see out of it, but they can't see it. Okay, sure. Okay. I just took some hits. And a fog cloud, it's a 20-foot radius, so he's, or 20-foot square. So he's targeting it back here. And so heavy fog surrounds us. Uh, it heavily obscures the area, which means we can't see out of it, and they can't see it. Um, no, actually, we're opposite. That's gonna be his turn. So if you're standing in the fog and the front, the, 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 the square in front of you is not obscured, can you see that person? No. Okay. None of us can see each other right now. Okay. You put you your can, hand in front of your face and maybe you can see that? You could, yeah, you can attack that. Uh, the series spreads around the core. Do, do, do. The area is heavily obscured. Okay. Um, and being heavily obscured basically means that you're effectively... Blinded. Blinded. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can still make an attack. How much spirit is like in front of you. darkness? Yeah. Right, it would be with disadvantage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, Delg. And then Cubus. Delg. Okay. Um. Okay. So tell me how these two. Hmm. Gives you a chance to heal. Let's see. What's our range to the guys up there? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. Kevin, I'm going to ask that we actually like tighten it up. This is not supposed to be as big of a playing field. Okay. Let's move these guys closer. Let's sure. just... Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. I did not count the squares. No, nah, man. I, I didn't look at it either. This is my deal. My deal. So, yeah, I, I love I love that. Yeah, just what you're doing right here. And then I'll just move the, this here. Perfect. Let's get it so, you know, guys aren't like traveling a huge amount of yeah. space. So he's, uh. Okay, I like this. Is that like it? I like it, yeah. So we'll go. We'll go this guy here. And this guy here. Actually, we'll see. Yeah, I have to switch together. Actually. We'll see these guys right here with their bows. Raining down hell, hellfire upon you. So, um, yeah. Okay, sounds good. Cool. Alright, so now it's my range for everybody? Yeah, basically this. 5, 10, 15, 20. Yeah. Uh, how many people are within 30? Are these guys over. They're still here and here? 
Uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. This is the edge of the... Gotcha. Yeah. So let's do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Okay. This, is the human, this is the dwarf that's being held captive. Huh? That's the kind of the leader that's speaking for him. Here are the guys that are just arrowing so you folks. These three are within 30. Mm-hmm. 5, 10, 15, 20, 15, 15, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. All of them are within 30. All of them 30. Fireball. Um, Delg. Lift his shield. That you can see, though. Uh, as an action. Mm-hmm. Does it says each hostile creature within thirty feet of you? There we go. Good. Doesn't say I have to see him. It's usually pretty specific about that. Yeah. So as an action, present your holy symbol, and any magical darkness within thirty feet of you is dispelled. But it's magical darkness, and this is a fog cloud, which seems not magical darkness. Um, yeah. Cool. And uh, he, he lifts his shield. He saw the fallen dwarf, and he's sort of... He's young, and he's a little naive, a little idealistic still. He's kind of, like, high on all this stuff, and, like, it's kind of his first big thing out in the world. He's like, Moradin! Grant me strength to slay my enemies! And a massive burst of light just comes out of the shield that he is holding up. Um, so all the people that we're facing yeah. make a constitution saving throw of... Make sure I got that number right. There's some spells. I think it's 13. Yeah, 13. Make a DC 13 saving throw um, or they take uh, to save for half damage. So I'm, I'm, yeah, so I am just left to right here, left, middle, right. Left is 18, middle is 2, right is 13. So this one fails? Oh, no, these are the front guys, sorry. Oh, sorry. These are the front this guys. And fails. it's 2d10, so let me go to And then do you want to roll for these three? Yeah, well, but let, let, let's do the damage here. So they're going to take 10 damage, or 5 on a save. Okay, oh, cool. Okay. Perfect. So um, then, what's the HP? So these two immediately burn up as um, we'll get an effect from you in a second. Wait, those ones are taking five damage. So, Oh yeah, these are taking five. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. The one in the middle takes ten. This one burns up while the other ones are just are simply charred. rough terrain then? Um, we're not going to do it. Let's not oh, do rough terrain just we're, because of the thing. I'll do the same thing again with uh, left, middle, right. Ooh. So Ooh. it looks like, yeah, all three oh of those fail. God. All okay. three of those fail. I'll take ten. I love that we can't see. Oh, no, see. plus cleric level, so... Ah. Plus two, so make that 12, six, 12 or six. And s- yeah, 12 or six. Same same outcome. Okay. Same outcome. I love that we don't see this. But we just hear... Yeah, just describe what it is. And, I mean, again, if, if you want to have the fog burn off as part of the effects, again, let's let's not sacrifice narrative for mechanical effect, I would say. So, mm. you call us what it is. This 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 will be the great moment of this adventure. Yeah. This, so, is, this is you wearing your father's armor, summoning Morden himself to save your lives and the lives of a fallen dwarf against all odds. So, it could even be that the fog burns off around you. And, like, it's him almost, like, alone in this moment, recognizing his destiny. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm, 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 calling, on, I'm calling on Sam to, yeah. like, make this happen, and then I, I definitely need a reaction from both Pubis and Drustin. Yeah, um, so, Moradin grabbed me the strict save, and the burst of light comes, and it, it pushes back the fog around him, 
and the shield is raised up, light emanates from it, the symbol of Morden clearly illuminated, and just radiant energy and heat uh, as though from the Soul Forge itself. The the mystical tool like a molten Morden, red kind of yeah um just and just burning heat do you all feel that heat or is it something that is like it is it is like, how do the dwarves interact with the heat how how does, um, how does, how does it wash over this fallen uh, to the enemies of morden it is uh it is it is a a purging flame to the allies of morden it is a it is a gentle warmth. A, a comforting. A yes. comforting. A hearth. Yes. It is um, like a warm hearth fire. Uh, and and you see them fall before you. These 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 fall these these lonely these these remaining two two goblins that have somehow been able to stave off the worst of Morden's fury are both at one hit point. And I am going <laughs> uh, to declare them at your mercy. Fantastic. Well so, Cuba's next. What does people well, so as and, and as the fog rolls back from these from uh, from Morden's uh, hot wrath, Pubis is left there with the life of these goblins in his hands. So beautiful. <laughs> How close are they to each other? You are standing five feet away from the close. Do you look at the. the so you, you are here, and there are two goblins here. One who are and and like again, they are like. They're each about ten. Writhing in agony, like like second degree burns, like writhing, like like scalded. I mean, na- naked, having the the rags burnt off of their their for, and and next to like the ash of their fallen <laughs> comrade, with like the screams of their leader echoing in their ears. They're they're terrified. They are they are injured. They're in pain, and and their their life their their life is there by 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 a thread. Okay. I'm gonna get deep and I'm gonna get nasty with this. Alright? <laughs> Stone shaft. I'm gonna raise my maul. I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm gonna step forward. And you see, out of the grill of my helmet, two supple red lips protrude slowly <laughs> forth. And they kiss the side of my filthy, rusty maul. And I scream one word to the heavens Hadouken. And then I spin with my maul. Um, and listen, this is a called shot, I realize. But I'm going to try to catch one in the head with my spin and catch the other with the back end you of do my it. spin. You do it. There's no roll. Do- I just scream out Hadouken, and, and then I give a heavy, heavy spin as I slam into the head and keep spinning with my hammer to take out the other skull. Uh, a kind of a, 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 a reeling cleave, as is called in the, in the martial schools of Bruinor Battlehammer, Sw- like s- slashes forth, felling two enemies in a single strike. Once again, revealing the 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 strengths and ferocity of young Pubis. Young Pubis. Uh, Sensual fears. And you know, with with blood rising hot, and the and the the I would say the. I don't want to say love, but I will, I will say the the devotion of Morden flowing through your ve- your veins and across your bodies. You you're 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 sitting you're standing here in, in in the high a high of adventure like you have not known before. And again, you begin to kind of like connect a little bit with stories that you've heard that you've only heard and maybe told uh, up to this point. Um, and it is a 
It is a moment that you will never forget. Yeah. But uh, but there is one last thing to be addressed, which is this this fallen dwarf comrade. Yeah. I mean, oh, Delg. Approach him, cousin. Approaches him, man. Heal his wounds. And recites the many healing prayers that he, he has He is learned. also a one hit point. <laughs> yeah. And recites the many healing prayers that he has learned as an acolyte, you know. Yeah. The waves of Morden, again, the, the, I will say the embers of Morden's hearth, as we will call this effect. The embers of Morden's hearth have, have begun a, a, a wellspring of life deep within him. And the, to hear, to hear, deep in the, in, in the, on the fringe of the Underdark, you know, surrounded by his enemies with nary a friend uh, in sight, to hear these, these prayers of Morden and to feel the effects, his strength is renewed supernaturally, inexplicably. And he, he comes to saying, Young masters, young masters, how, how is it you have come here? Where, where, are, where are the dwarf slavers? The dwarfs. I'm oh, sorry, the goblin slavers. Okay, sorry, man. <laughs> oh, it took a dark twist. Uh, slain, but more, more probably remain in other parts of the cave. Uh, how many miles from to the nearest settlement? Where, where are we? You're quite close. We're to just on the outskirts of the Mithril Hall. We're it, close. You, you see tears well up and run out. He's like, it can't be the truth. Help me, young lads. We must escape this place. Have you seen any treasures? We <laughs> seek treasure. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "He says I search, but but uh, but uh, we must away. We must away as soon as soon as we can. There are more. There are more than this. You have you have slain the leader, but but there are more. Please." And he's pleading with you to uh, uh, to complete his rescue. How do you act? I say we complete his rescue. Yeah, let's go back to to Mithril Hall, and then we're we merely a hop, skip, and a jump from Mithril Hall. This Sverney fellow seems like a blackguard. If ever I heard of the one, I say we aid our fallen brother and and put an end to this business. I agree. Well, I mean, we did get a cool hand out of it. We have a hand. <laughs> it costs us nothing. Gotcha. So you guys gonna pick it up and roll? Yep. Pick it up and roll. Cool. We have. We are young dwarves. And the. Uh, uh, and you are able to beat your hasty retreat, re- re- retreat with the uh, let's get this right with Sildar Hallwinter, a dwarven warrior uh, who has spent, as he as he recounts to you, several moons under the hostile torches of oh this goblin gosh. troop, um, and are able to uh, able to to make your way past or make your way uh, back to the uh, back to the safety of Mithril Hall. The, uh, the, uh, the rest is left to, to narration as to how this plays out. But as you, as you pass, as you pass this first lonely guard on the way back, and you, you, you meet his ironclad gaze, he sees that something has changed in each of you. He sees a steelier gaze that he, than he saw mere hours ago when you shut off behind. He gives you a, a, a stalwart nod. As you make your way past, make your way back to uh, to the home and hearth, and perhaps a few more flagons of ale. Very nice. Yeah. 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 More flagons of bung rot. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not that. But yeah, 
Well done, guys. That's uh, look. I mean, I think we should, we definitely want to narrate the rest of how it goes down. What fate you would prefer for oh, Sverney? Yeah. Um, let's make that decision just to, to, to put a bow on it and then talk a little bit more about the rest of the stuff. Sverney, once he he has like connections or he sees us coming back, and like he gets the hell out of there. Like that guy, too slippery. Too slippery to too be apprehended. Slippery. Yeah, and we know that he's got some kind of you know he's got dirt on us a little bit too that we skipped out on our family duties to go adventuring during the I like that that's a good take any other takes let's get a few ideas here and we'll make we'll make a call I think I think we're kind of more preoccupied with the fellow and news of our return makes it to Sverney that ah yes we came back with this dwarf and he's like ah things they're not supposed to come back and uh, I think he buggers off before yeah. we get back there. Uh, that, that sounds right. So Sverney's nowhere to be seen. Perhaps and to be encountered in future background adventures. Too. Yeah. What are the what are the what are the ripple effects here? What is how does uh, how how does uh, Baron's father see you know deal with the fact again stolen his armor but 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 wielded it honorably and in defense of your own clan? We have. We I have, mean, we have, we, we have the, the the bookish kind of storyteller heading out into the into the wilds, like her her beautiful her beautiful fragile son, and then we have we have we we have dumb dumb shop boy who's got more more than meets the eye. I mean, the lecherous pubis, let, now let, a glorious hero. Let, let's each just kind of regale a few a few ripples that go forth from this little stone drop from the pond. Delg is uh, formally punished by his father for stealing his armor. And uh, leaving, you know, the cl- going basically against what he wishes. But it is the lightest of formal punishments. And the letter of the law. As the letter of the law, essentially. But privately, he's incredibly proud of his son. Yeah. And does he, sh- does he share that sentiment, or was it more in a, his in son a, in knows. A, in a look? Yeah. His son, his son knows that his father is very proud of him. It's, so it's sort of a mixed bag for Delg. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's getting this punishment, but it... It seems like it's very, very tempered by the fact that his father is very proud of his actions. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Um, Drustin's parents sit him down for a very quiet talk in which they describe how disappointed they are in him. And he cries a lot. Uh, and are, these, are these genuine tears? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he, I mean, at this he's point only in 15, his life, right? he's like, only 15. He can, he can posture. But... Uh, like, his mom is like the super guilt trip. His dad is like, you have to talk to your father now. And like he looks up over his newspaper and goes, son, I'm disappointed. Whoa. And then like goes back to his paper. <laughs> he, st- he still values their approval so yeah, much. Yeah. Um, even to this day traveling, he wishes they would approve of him. But uh, he actually does not show up to the next reunion. He is wow. grounded for that long. Wow, it's steep. Mm-hmm. Grounded and, uh, for more than seven years. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking harsh. <laughs> They're dwarves. Seven years isn't that long. <laughs> Becoming more bookish than ever, but maybe getting some time to actually learn these fucking spells exactly. that he's like, <laughs> that he's actually just, just rifling off. And uh, Pubis, Shopway of Mock, coming back with a bloodied maul, a bloodied hammer, and, and crinkly armor, having, uh, having defended his kind against uh, several goblin heroes. What say you? I mean, you're injured too, by the way, too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> before, before we go there, the injuries, how does that play? Uh, I mean, are you, are you patched up right quick, no problem? I mean, you took almost mortal wounds. 
he's pretty beat up, but his dad's also a cleric, so it's like... So he's like, hey, you're lucky I'm here now. You're lucky you made it back? Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's, he's well patched up. Right. It's like you said a broken arm and it's all good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, nothing's even there. Sorry, General. Please, the, you have the floor. Young Pubis is not shy about his adventure. He is proud of it. He has finally proven himself a man. He's or a dwarf, str- rather. Strong, um, a dwarf. He is strong in the arm and he swings heavy down low. He kicks open the door to Mock's modest jeweler shop. Or his dwellings here, or are you saying this is back when we returned home? Back when we returned home. Wow. Okay, so the, the, the Mock, it, what is gonna, Mock is too drunk and, and, and uh, involved in the revelry to even really notice kind of what went down. It just goes under the radar until all of a sudden he sobers up and he hears tell of what's happening. He's just like, you fucking do this? Pubis, no. no. He approaches Mock and he says, Mock, listen to me, my master. I have been about great business and I have brought us great fortune. Aid me in finding a way that we may take this. I have invested your paltry stones and I bought, brought back the great claw of the drider. How may we take this profane artifact and trade it for great fortune to the trader who entered our keep but days ago? He has many jewels of strange craft and make, and I have something which he clearly desires greatly. And Mock, initially surprised that his low-quality gems had been pilfered, sees this strange and curious relic. And they both devise a clever way that they may fleece even more interesting relics from this trader to give him back his highly prized Drider Claw. Partisan crime. I will roll with that. Absolutely. Um, that and 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 there therein lies the uh, <laughs> lies the dichotomy of the Drider Claw, which is what happened of the single artifact that came yeah. back. And. Uh, he purchased it, so apparently he, he also claimed it. <laughs> they were, in fact, my stolen gems. <laughs> I purchased it with my money. You were just also there to witness. Yeah, so he, he, he has that. Is, yeah, is, there, is there any other claim to the Drider Claw? And what happens with the map? So the Drider Claw is traded, oh, the map that was promised is traded back to the merchant no, 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 yeah, in yeah, exchange no, for... Many more well, no, valuable Sverdy, jewels. Sverdy buggered off. Sverdy, oh, 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 no, no, no. Like, let's tell this tale, and let's not get too trapped up in reality. All right? So I think the map is definitely available to you guys, because Sverney, in his, in his effort, in his haste, and you guys came back, like, literally on a Hail Mary. Yeah. All right? And so... He he left, but was but, but I got an even idea. even his detailed plans for escape didn't entail his entire horde. He basically he he, he took a, a what he thought was a moderate risk to get some 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 contraband into the city, and it ended up costing him far more than he thought. Right, Falderick Falderick, yeah, was was so ashamed that he that he became a little bit of a disgraced family member because of this mm. lost status among the dwarf clan and had to with what with with the remains of what what uh what uh Severny had uh had left behind in his in his flight had to kind of like make recompense so yeah. that's his lost wealth I but idea for a scene with Falderk here uh, we can we let's do that but i will say and, and in whatever way he seems appropriate to you he recognizes how yeah. you guys were able to reveal the truth of his treachery and save him from perhaps even greater failure 
a greater greater uh, downfall later. Let's play that out. So, uh, Drustin approaches Falderk uh, later that night after all this has come to light. There's been meetings about it, all this stuff. And he approaches him kind of near this fireplace in kind of this isolated room. Um, and it's just Drust- uh, just Falderk in there and he's drinking and just looking very morose at what's happened. Very embarrassed, very disgraced. And Drustin approaches to apologize like he's been told to from his parents. And he goes, you know, Uncle Falderk, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't uh, have even talked to that uh, that Severny. I, I definitely stepped above my boundaries. And Falderk like looks at him and says, "Like, you think I'm deaf? I heard you the whole time, but I thought a little adventure would put a little uh, beard on that chin of yours. So it wasn't all for loss. I might have lost some rank in the uh, in the the clan here. I might have lost some money, but I got something for you." And he pulls out an old map and hands it over to Drustin, saying, You'll get some hairs on that chin yet, boy. Absolutely. Um, and there we have it, an adventure with, which, which reaped rewards, which, which reaped money, trust, and, you know, there, there will be further ripples in Mock's storyline of this for, uh, for, for young Pubis, and Pubis himself. <laughs> a uh, st- stature and pride amongst father and son here, and a, uh, a, a map, a map to uh, to strange creatures and faraway places. Nice. It's actually in my starting equipment for being an archaeologist that I have a mysterious map to somewhere. Well done, wow. guys. Perfect. Well done. Well done. That's great. Talk about the long game. Yeah. Dude, that was a ton of fun. Thanks. And thus time. we end our mighty adventure. Signing off, this is Pubis Chewcammer. Dale Berk Bern Bernson. Bern Bernson. Drusten Green. And me name is Mark. Mighty Mark. Farewell, travelers. This has been Thursday nights. This has been Thursday nights. This has been Thursday nights. Hashtag always play. Ba, ba, ba.